later in tonight's show. Uh, who's better, Device or Zaiwu? <laughs> uh, I I love Nikolai, but I have to say Zaiwu. Uh, I don't think there's a I I don't think there's a there's a debate. I mean, yes, Nikolai won so many things together with us, and he's a, a really 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 strong player and has been the top three player for <clears throat> multiple years. But I don't know, Zaiwu is something different. Add some fun to your space with Extrify, designed in Sweden with focus on quality products built on experience. You're looking at Project 4, their fourth generation of products with super cool colorways to stand out, with matching sets to satisfy with a solid B4 bungee, lightweight ergonomic M4 mouse, the K4 keyboard is fantastic, all of which are performance focused, and finish it off with colorful GP4 mouse mats that are bold in design and smooth on the surface. The retro theme in particular has got the feels. Complete your setup with Extrify, no regrets, Guaranteed. Finally, I found what I was looking for. Now that my search is over, it's gonna be a tough choice. But fortunately, no need to choose. When you can just have them all. Buy and sell skins on bitskins.com. N1Bet is here to make your world brighter. Bet anytime, anywhere. Just go to n1bet.com and get your free bet with promo code HLTV. When everything is clear and transparent, play is pleasure. N1Bet.com. Your bet, your game. Hello, gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome back to another episode of HLTV Confirmed. We're coming to you hot and direct, straight to your ears, wherever you are around the globe at 8 p.m. local time on a Saturday evening. This one's a bit of a special. Uh, quick thanks to the sponsors, uh, Bitskins. We've got M1 Bet Gamble responsibly. And of course, Extrify. Uh, check them out if you need any peripherals. Now, we're going to get straight into things here this evening. I am joined by Prof as per usual. You're looking lovely in the, uh, what would you call that color, Prof? I would call uh... maroon. Burgundy. Burgundy. Maybe that's the, the color. Yeah. The nice color. How, yeah. do, you, do you feel it's one of your better colors? I honestly feel like it's kind of underrated. One of my most underrated colors, I'd say. Not really a go-to, but um, I was actually trying on a shirt of this color today, and I almost bought one, but I decided not to. So maybe maybe in the future, if I find a few more, maybe some turtlenecks in this color, I feel like that would, that would bang. Okay. A bit of a burgundy fan right there. Now, Striker, uh, you're here along for the ride as well. Not a fan of burgundy this evening. What color would you call that? Um, Is it a gray? Is it light blue? It's not light blue. It's like off-white, I guess. Off-white. Okay. Uh, and, and maybe not the brand. Now, uh, we also have Lucas here in the driving seat. He'll be waving to everybody as the fires are going on in the back room throughout this evening's podcast. But we have the four-time major winner, the one, the only, the last man standing, the only player to have asterisks attended every single major in CSGO history. Eight out of 18, 18 out of 18 even, as we almost get the intro now right there. Dupree, thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, I just want to ask you the, the, the question, what's the special source to attend every single major? What's, what's the secret? Uh, I mean, I guess there's not like a big secret other than having 
like big dreams and consistency. I guess that's that's like the whole thing. But uh, yeah, I mean, thanks for having me, guys. It's uh, it's finally we managed to to get it to get it done, and I found some some time for my it in my schedule. So yeah, I'm still struggling with with a cold from Melta, so maybe my voice is a little bit cracked. But I mean, I, I guess we'll handle it out. We picked a good night though, didn't we? It's a Saturday <laughs> night. It's prime time viewing. So uh, everybody exactly. you know who's maybe feeling the the lack of summer now, moving into fall, they're sitting on the couch with a cup of tea. Maybe they ha have a bit of a, a cough going as well. But uh, look, let's get into the hot seat straight away because I'm sure we have lots of questions to ask you. Lucas, roll the bumper and let's get into it. <laughs> let's start in the present and let's move backwards because I think there's so many fun questions we could have for you this evening. We've got a bunch of viewer questions in there as well and people in chat can be putting a questions in if they would like someone says they have a beer in hand so you know a cup of tea or a beer well either or as people can enjoy but uh more recently i mentioned 18 out of 18 every single major you guys qualified uh over the Malta for the rmr for the major now in rio and uh, everything seems to have been going pretty smoothly out of the break mate you, you have swings come in it's a, it's a big addition and you're, you're hitting all the goals what's what's the mood like in the vitality count right now is it is everything trending in the direction you'd be hoping yeah, it's going it's going really well after after adding Spinks um, in in the player break. I mean, coming into this new season, we all looked at each other and we were like, and then Anthony Sonic was like looking at us. He was like, we need to we need to play more, we need to grind more, we need to do some more stuff, and we need to prove that that we are the team that we want to be. So I think everyone just realized that it it, it was about time to to put in the effort and put in more time and and all the hard work that we put in for for the season so far. I mean, definitely paid off and and going. I mean, one thing was qualifying for the for the pro league uh, playoffs, and another thing was winning it. It wasn't something that we had set in stone for like a goal or anything, but actually winning it was a huge bonus for the team, um, going directly into the RMR. So I mean, yeah, I think everyone is everything is kind of going as planned. Of course, we would have loved to to qualify directly for Blast as well. Now we have to play the showdown, but. I mean, in hindsight, it was the first tournament together as a team, and I think that we can be really happy about the results so far, winning one tournament and, and at least making it to majors. So, yeah, I think so far we are extremely satisfied. It's about, like, um, you mentioned playing more. Uh, is that, like, as a team, individually, like, where is the, that extra time going into in terms of practice? I think it's, it's it's a really big mix. I mean, one thing is putting in the extra hours um, in, as as individuals playing, playing potentially more basic games every week, uh, putting a little bit more extra time in the deathmatch, but also making sure that you know your utility and you know you you work around um, your bad habits as a player. It could be um, a lot of things in terms of trying to to analyze your own play style from practice and what what not seeing like what type of mistakes do I make the most and what what am I am I playing a position too much or try and change things up all that kind of things so it's a lot about looking at yourself and seeing what can you actually improve but then as well also playing a lot more um and then as a team we want to to look at practice games um in a lot more effective way than we've done previously um really trying to evaluate like what have we been doing really well what have we done been doing really wrong and just putting in the effort to actually fix mistakes faster than we've done previously and i think that is like the, the the main approach that we have to the game right now it feels like nowadays you're not only watching like demos from officials you're like re-watching practices as well to like yeah. figure out how things have gone yeah it, it, it's a big mix of everything and also just looking at other teams you know it, i think it's it's a big step that, that Counter-Strike uh, has taken is uh, all the analyzing tools you have nowadays that you can look at uh, at other matches and you have uh, tons of YouTube uh, content creators making videos about what teams are doing. So you will always, like, in some sense, you are really gifted that you get the information so easily. Like, you don't have to dig that much for it yourself. It just comes to you when, like, in your feed and you're like, okay, these guys are doing this smoke and they're doing this type of strategy. Um, and, and you just try to copy it. And that is 
both a good thing and a bad thing for Counter-Strike, in my, in my opinion, because let's say you find like a really gimmick move and you pull it off in a game. You'll be able to have it for like maybe one week, then someone has either copied it or there's someone has found a counter for it and then you don't have to do another adjustment. So it's it's really hard being being proactive and trying to find new stuff nowadays because everyone is like so aware. I want to ask about, uh, you know, a lot of the the language around the change of Mesuda was about the roles, right? And and uh, coming, the, the biggest, I guess, uh, argument was that, you know, there was a clash between you and him and what you guys, you two wanted to do. So mm. how's that transition, you know, been for you now that uh, that clash is no longer there? I mean, I've always had this idea that creating the best possible Counter-Strike lineup, you would have no role issues. And that was also the, the thing and the key that happened to us in Australis back when we started winning a lot of things was that we got rid of the role issues. And I think if you look at a team that has role issues, you will always have a, a certain percentage of players that are in uncomfortable situations or positions that they do not like to play. And that will just keep going on and on and on. It's like a loop that will never end because you will always end up playing a map that someone does not like their position. Whereas if you actually end up having a team with no role issues, everyone will, to at least 90% of the time, have a position and comfortable situation that they like to be in. And I think that is uh, that is like one of the main main goals uh, for a counter-strike rush is that you don't have these kind of role issues. And and we did have the role issue back in the days with Misuda and myself because we both wanted to be the aggressive player. We both wanted to be able to um, take map control and we did not like to be in lurk position or at least positions where you would have to play, I'd say, more smarter in some way. Um, we wanted to be where the action were. And um, I think that was like the, the, the big issue that we had that I had to play a lot of positions that I did not feel comfortable in. And whenever I got into positions, I could that I really like to play, then Misuda had to play them. So, I mean, in some sense, we always had this issue going back and forth with one player. So, yeah. Kind of actually sounds familiar to the to the Kirby Debris uh, situation back yeah, in like Old Astralis, right? Much similar, yeah. This is interesting because there's, there's lots of things that you're touching on here uh, that we can kind of dip into your history, your very decorated history, and then kind of reflect on how things are today. Um, so th this project over at Vitality, it hasn't been a very long time since you've been there, realistically, right? Like yeah. this is this is still the first year of the project and already so much has happened. Did you feel the expectation um, at the start of the year when all of this went on that this needs to be like a championship caliber team within the space of a year? Or were you looking at, hey, this is how long it took me with my previous teams to get to the, this kind of point and Counter-Strike's more competitive now. It's, it's actually going to take some time because things have really ramped up in the last couple of months for you guys, whereas at the start of the year, it was a bit more wishy-washy, right? I think in the beginning of the team, you know, looking looking on paper with all that we achieved in in in, uh, in Australis and then bringing in an, an, uh, a really inspiring incomplete as Apex and having Saiwoo as the main star of the team, I think a lot of people, including ourselves, expected us to have results a lot faster. And I think it's like one of the main the main things that can actually happen uh, when you create new super teams is that you, that people, including yourself, expect results to come really fast. And we kind of grasp on way too much in the beginning. Like we wanted to create this perfect team consisting of what really worked well in Astralis, but also what worked really well in Vitality and combine them together to create this kind of perfect world. And in some ways it was it was just too much because also changing the length, like we it was like players that had never really played in, a, in an international lineup before either. So having to talk English and having to go over all these kind of things as well, it was simply too much. Like we put all the eggs in one basket. And it was it was too much for us to handle. So we we realized that we had to like step step everything down a little bit and and try and focus a lot more on 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 just the fundamentals of Counter Strike at the beginning. And it took a long time for us to get there. And one thing was the communication because communication was a huge mess in the beginning. And that was like where we had to to really start putting in putting in the effort to make sure that the communication was was key because. You don't have the com communication going and you don't have the fundamentals going like you, there's no way you're going to be able to compete with titles. Uh, if, it, it, 
Yeah, this is like a simple question. If you had to put like a number to like a percentage to how big of an issue the communication was in the first six months, like where, where would you put it? Going on a, on a scale like from one to 10, 10 being the worst, I'd say we were probably at a six and a half. I think we yeah. were a, a, lot, a lot worse than, than, than we kind of anticipated. And, it, and not because people in the team are bad at talking English. It's actually not about that, but it's about when you've been used for so long, speak, speaking your native language and you're, one thing is like how you do in practice because practice can be fine. You know that you're, there's no pressure. There's like no 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 work now. When you go on land, so like you know there's a crowd and like you have a, sometimes you can have a bit of a scuffed microphones and everything. Like so, in in hindsight, like practice was fine, but going to the tournaments and when things start to heat up, that's when it started to get chaotic. You know that people started screaming information instead. It, it was it was just like very chaotic and just took away the focus of the game. Like you start focusing a lot more on what people were saying than focusing on the crosser. What's it like now, though? Uh, the same question, but for the for the current vitality, it's 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 a lot more calm nowadays. I mean, sure. I mean, I think every team will like even in Australia, we also had heated moments, like where communication was heated because there was a lot on the line and there was like a really important round that had to go on. But the communication in the team right now is a lot more, is a lot more smooth and it's a lot more calm. Uh, I think we are a lot better at not like uh, putting too much pressure on the things that doesn't need to have pressure. Obviously, if you know there's a guy flanking and you need to put like you, you really raise your voice to make sure that the guys understand that there's actually a flank going on or whatever, or you have, let's say, I have a play to make, like. Don't move at all. I had this round. I got the play. You know that is where you put under pressure. But in you shouldn't be like let's say someone is aggressing. You should be screaming. Oh, they're pushing. They're pushing. Like you know, it's all about putting the pressure at the right moment. You know, and and also just that we have gotten a lot more fundamentals. Fundamentals going. We're playing a lot more basic. We're playing. Uh, we we have a lot of things set in stone now. Also creates more calm atmosphere and it just helps tremendously on the communication. How do you? How exactly do you deal with you know when you have these communication issues? Because a lot of the time we hear. People, I mean, the way I look at it is that to kind of help get over some of these issues is you have to simplify, you know, you just have to come up with very trigger words that are just always going to be the, the thing that you'll use for certain situations, you know, yeah. like you were saying with those pressure situations, you know, there's always going to be a, a key phrase and, you know, you have to learn those. Yeah. Is that something that you guys went through as well? Yeah, I mean, I I th I'm pretty sure that every team has, as you mentioned, keywords for for a specific situation, and we also have we have a ton of keywords for whenever like um, we know that the enemy like has um, we know that okay if we lose this round they're gonna break us or we know that we can break them and we know that we have keywords for everything like if someone's in a good position or whatever it is like there's just this keyword that everyone understands so we don't have to start explaining that this and this and this and that we just know that okay whenever this word is said everyone knows exactly what's going to happen and what could potentially happen so that obviously clears and helps a lot with the team i i wouldn't mind grabbing something you mentioned before right about having to go a bit more basic in the fundamentals so there's like a a, a theme at the moment which i guess is more in like the upper echelons of counter right when we have the big chess movers going against the other ones right when not so much of these best of ones that like we just saw with a few more random names in the mix of the rmr but the high-level Counter-Strike at the moment seems like it needs to be really default heavy with people understanding the situations and reacting, right, to those situations mm -hmm. that get thrown their way. Right? Do, do you think um, when you're looking at that style of Counter-Strike that's being played at the moment and then you look at all of these, uh, you were mentioning the tools or, you know, the, the YouTubers who are coming up with all these gimmicks, like where's the, what's the intersection of those two, right? Because all those gimmicks <coughs> and stuff are, are micro moves or little moves without the, throughout the default. So how are you guys keeping up with all of that or is that like okay dupree you're in this position we know what you need to do and you need to come up with x amount of different moves mm. to be able to do in this situation to help the team like because that's kind of where it's looking like for me at the moment in the big picture i think the game is really complex in some ways right now in some ways it's it seems very simple but at the same time it's really complex and i think a lot of things changed 
in the in the online era, like when we played from home because of the COVID pandemic, um, I think it was mainly the Gambit guys, now Cloud9, that came up with this whole new idea of approaching the game. Um, one thing about when you play a team like Cloud9 is like you when trying to 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 flank them is really really tough, and at the same time they are so really good at playing. Um, playing the rounds out in, in, in the mid round, like having one guy faking, having one guy always keeping information and you can barely push against him. Like it's it's this type of place that, that a lot of teams have, have picked up, especially on the T side. But then on the CT side, it's more about people do not like to play without information anymore. Like if you do not have information in the CT anymore, you feel like you've lost a round already. So people, they urge to just push somewhere. Like sometimes they gamble four guys on one side and they start pushing for information or whatever. Or sometimes, um, you know, they, they just randomly push a specific spot and hope that no one is there. And I think that is also one of the reasons why I think the game can be a little bit random sometimes, because let's say you have an example as Inferno. You uh, you have no information um, as CT. You don't have mid information, you don't have banana information, and your CT guy in apartments decides to push. If he pushes apart- pushes apartment and there's no one there, he's probably guaranteed that it's going to be uh, it's gonna be B. And if the guy is actually pushing a power and gets killed, he gets no information. So in some sense, it's like a 50-50 game. Some being there denying the information or not. And I think that is why it sometimes can be so random in Counter-Strike that wherever you decide to push, if there's not a guy there, your chances of winning the round is really big. But if you push and you get killed, you will most likely win, lose the round. That is my that's my take at least on how all these uh, that the meta informations right now is 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 doing. And sure, you have some ideas how teams like to position themselves and how they want to play. So you will potentially be able to gamble for the bigger um, or like the better advantage. But I still think it's it's one of those things that can make counter so complex that you need to rely on pushing for information. Otherwise, you're going to lose because people are so good at just either one denying information or just hitting the other bomb side as fast as, the, as, as you don't have time to react. I wanted to ask about now that you're talking about Cloud9, how similar do you think they are in their approach to the game as Astralis were in their peak? I think it was a completely different... Um, I think it's, it's a completely different playstyle, in my opinion. Um, because back then, people didn't push as much for information. And for us, at least back then, we just played all the situation in, in terms of playing the right... Um, like, playing the advantage. We would always play the percentage. Like, so the, if the percentage in this round was going A, because that's the highest likely uh, play, so they will only be two, so three guys, that's where we would hit. So we would always go for what we would call ABC CS. We would always just pick the one that was in, in the most in favor for us and actually not making too many gambles. Whereas I think what Cloud9 is doing right now is is sometimes a mix. They are really good at searching information when they have the advantage. They maybe have a 4v3 advantage. They have one guy executing on one bomb site searching for information. If he gets killed or he gets traded and he knows that someone is supported with a flash, he knows that there's going to be two p- people killing this guy and then they know they have a 3 and one situation on the opposite side. And they're they're just so good at playing the rotations around, and I think that is what that really made them this special team that they they really succeeded in playing the rotation game in such a beautiful way as terrorists. All right, let, let's try and uh, go back in and focus on the the RMRs, right? Because we're talking about this high level counter strike now. At the at the RMRs, we start off with the best of ones. You guys took on Fantasy. You you took care of business there. The big game on Dust Two. Okay, it's big on Dust Two. Then you take down Monty. You win against Mounds to qualify, and then you fall to Heroic in uh, in a long best of three, where uh, that was you know to help play for a legend spot. So you guys end up with a challenger spot. The major is in, I think it's like sixteen days or something like this, right? Yep, but yeah. getting through this, knowing that uh, <clears throat> knowing that you know you could be the the last man standing, eighteen out of eighteen. Did that that play into it at all for you? Is that something that you've you know been been thinking about? I mean, I would be lying if I said no. Um, so yes, for some for some. Some matter, yes, it did. 
but at the same time, I just really wanted to just qualify and not put too much effort into it. But sure, it did cross my mind, especially in, when when I heard that Shocks did not uh, make it there, and I knew it was only Sipex left to actually make it together with me. And when I saw that they they had to play without config, I was like, okay, this is probably a bit. There's a big chance that this might happen. And sure, for me, it's like this big individual um, achievement for me. But at the same time, it's also an achievement that I would have made without all of my teammates, um, the current ones, and also my previous ones. So in some sense, I'm 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 really happy. But at the same time, I also feel like I owe a lot of people some uh, some 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 nice words. Um, but yeah, it's kind of unreal because in, in some ways, you know, looking at it from the outside, I think a lot of people seem to be praising it a lot more than I do myself because making 18 out of 18 majors is, is really, really huge. But if I had to ask myself, in some sense, it's actually just what I kind of expected of myself. You know, I've been playing the game for a long time and every time going into the major, I just wanted to make sure that I, I was participating into it. So it wasn't really something that I that I tried to focus on. It's just always been my expectation that as long as I'm competing, I want to be able to compete at, where, at the highest level. And that means making it to all the majors. So... Yeah, uh, I think it's a bigger achievement for a lot of people looking at it on the outside than it is to myself. But of course, I'm really proud of myself and I'm really happy that I that I managed to do so. But in in the big picture, it's uh, it's all about just keeping keeping the belief in that I that I'm supposed to be where where the fun is, you know. I, I guess you're focusing in the now with your career, right? Well, you we're obviously focusing in the now, Dupree as well. But we get to celebrate the accolades and look at like how impressive mm -hmm. it is because I think like when you consider that, we're going all the way back until 2013, right? Like. The, the level of gamer that we have out there today, you just yeah. use Monacy as the perfect example, right? This 17-year-old orping kid who back then when you were playing the first major was was still playing, well, it wasn't in diapers, but practically, yeah, right? Almost, yeah. you did it. So you've been you've been playing at the top of this game for such a long period of time now and consistently uh, qualifying for like the, the World Cup of the game, right? Mm -hmm. I, I get how for you, you're just like, yeah, I just want to win another one, right? Yeah. I just want to be back there. But like for, for us looking at, and especially, right, I've been in, on this journey and seeing and playing against you in the early days and then see you go on to be the, in the best team of all time and then go mm. on now like this resurgence. It's crazy. This is massive chunks of our lives here and your consistency, like that, that has to be a conversation point. Like sure. at, at the moment you, you bring into an argument, right? People could make arguments in the bar. Now Dupree, is he the most consistent counter? He's made it to all the majors, right? Like mm. you, you can use that as an accolade in, in these, in these type of debates they have. So, um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with this. Boys, do you have anything to, to, to follow through with this? I was just kind of saying nice things, I think. I mean, you were kind of the same, right? <laughs> it's uh, it's one of these things which you... It's obviously like, ah, oh, Dupree should make it to the major, and then Dupree should again make it to the major, and then he should... But when you do it 18 times in a row, even if it's 90% chance, it is it is kind of special, right? Having mm -hmm. that consistency. I think it also ties into uh, like the Nico tweet about like not taking things for granted. Like in your case, it's like, yeah, I made it. It's just, I'm just doing my job job but like so many so many players had something happen yep. to them or as you said as well like the teammates also also matter right if you if you kind of go through a rough patch with with your team it just might not be possible even if you're the best player in the world to qualify sure. for a major so it, it it is it is still just a sign of super consistency i think uh, also after epl uh <clears throat> most uh most earnings from yeah. all cs cs players you broke two million dollars man that's insane yeah that's good I mean, it's all that. That's like where you, I mean, kind of crazy. Like thinking, because in some sense, you know, I've been I've been in this business for so long, and I've I've tried pretty much everything. I think I just the one thing that I still haven't won yet is Cologne, and I think that is like that is what I want to win. You know, I I really feel like I need to win this one, and for some reason we just never managed to do so. So it's it's like a big thing, and I really want to try and achieve before I end up retiring. Um, 
but yeah, making like two million dollars in prize money, you know, it's it's kind of crazy thinking that it's actually, you know, it's a lot of money in 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 in, in quite a short amount of time. But yeah, everything just kind of melts together in some way. Like you know, one year just takes another. I mean, I mean, and I think for me, it's it's it all for, like thinking and going back from all these years. It's all about being really grateful and being really thankful for all the things that I've that I've managed to achieve and all the things that I've tried because. The, the player base and, and the amount of people out there that really want to, you know, just break into the professional scene and just want to make a living out of this, you know, that there's so many people that just wanted to try and be in our shoes just for a couple of days, you know, and and that is what I, I'm I'm really trying to, I really try to be grateful for, for my position in, in, in both in life, but also in my career that that I've made it so far that I, that I have, um, but I'm still trying to to be be humble and and still work on myself because I think that is that is probably also one of the the, the, the key issues that we had in the end of Australia. Like we 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 fucking want everything in the end, man. We we've we've done so much. Like what is the next step? Like we've always talked like what what do we want to achieve? What is the big thing that we want to achieve? In the end we were just thinking like we've pretty much won everything, you know, and like what is the next step? And it's also as a, as an individual you need to to kind of have this resurgency like looking at yourself, what is the next thing I want to do? Like what? What? What is the next thing for me to achieve? So I think uh, there, there's a lot of things that's that's gone into my mind the last couple of years. Actually, just a kind of a question when we were kind of looking back on on the whole career, was mm-hmm. there at any point did you ever like fall out of love in the game? Because uh, obviously it's like a long career. It's you're almost doing the same thing over and over and over and over mm-hmm. again. Were there any points where like, yeah, I don't really have the drive for this right now? I think I think it's it's definitely shifted compared to what it was. Um, one thing was when I was a kid and I just made it into pro scene, you know, I could just play the game 24-7, you know, going to a tournament and practice and everything was just like the, the fun thing. And then another part was when, when when everything started to go really good in Australia, it was a joy playing, you know, because it was like, you know, the, it was just the feeling of winning and being praised and making achievements and history and everything, you know, just like just living on a pink cloud, you know, just just loving it. And then sure, um, the last couple of years, I've I've definitely started seeing Counter Strike more as my work and my career than it is something that I would just sit down and enjoy on a Friday evening. Um, I still do it regularly because I think that is what is needed for me to be able to start, try and stay on top. Because if I would just not put in the hours in the game individually anymore, I would fall fall completely off and wouldn't be able to make it anymore. But there's definitely another approach to the game now than than there was maybe five six years ago. Um, I'm more in a place now where I um, I'm I'm trying to always work on myself because I know that is what is needed because looking at all the new talents and all the new players coming in, you know, they are at the situation that I was in maybe six, five years ago and they are playing so much Counter-Strike and, you know, they're just grinding the hell out of the game because they want to make make the top, you know. So if you want to be able to, one thing is having your experience that I have from all, throughout all year, but you also need to have the mechanical skills to be able to stay on top. So, yeah, it's definitely different from what I was playing years, but I'm still loving the game. I'm still loving the atmosphere, loving my teammates and everything. So, so I still have this love for the game, but it's in a different way. Yeah. I was wondering that I kind of wanted to tie this in the discussion with uh, the top twenty, and of course, I mean, there's this there's this whole storyline that nobody has made it into the top twenty past the age of twenty eight. Uh, the yep. only two players who have done it at the age of 28 is Arnio and Forrest. Mm. Uh, obviously, you're in that bracket at the moment. And as much as, you know, uh, I hate to say it at the moment, I would say it's probably not looking likely for this year. <laughs> no, but, uh, <laughs> but you definitely looked uh, like in, in really good shape uh, towards mm. the towards the beginning of the year. So do you feel like like some of these some of this inconsistency, you know, that you had this year was just the result of kind of where the team was at the at, at that point in time, you know, with all these issues with, mm. you know, trying to even find how you're supposed to play and and the communication side. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a really good question. I mean, I don't think it, I, I'm, it's not a lie that I've not been satisfied with my with my own performance the last uh, the last month or two. I mean, and I'm not really sure like what the reason behind it is. I'm not really um, if it's a mental thing or it's a thing that um, yeah, if, if things has changed or anything, or I'm getting back to to habits of my old role, like having to play really aggressive. And you know, for for the first half of the year, I I, I played like a combination of things. Like I'm, it's really about getting back into habits and also in some sense accepting um that it's not as easy as it was back in the days um, i mean everyone has really become a lot better at the game as well and you don't punish people the same way you do um you did back in the days um but i'm 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 really working hard to like to, to find that groove back again and but that it's kind of a, a weird feeling because you know we're something something is right you know because because we're winning and, and stuff like that so we won a tournament and something must have been going right so, so um i just feel like i need to I just need to find my groove, and I guess it's just like a slump, like everyone has tried. You know, I've I've tried being in a slump before. It's all about the first step is just that you need to accept that you're in a slump, and the, the one thing that you can that, that the most common mistake I guess when you're in a slump is that you just keep focusing too much on when is it going to change. Because if you if you keep thinking about when it's going to change, you just just going to keep chasing that dream of when it's going to it's it's going to change, and it's just not going to happen. You know, you just need to let go of it and just keep playing and playing, and eventually it will just turn around. Um, and that's kind of what I'm waiting for right now. Um. I think I'm. I have. Uh, I have decent games and decent rounds, but I'm just very inconsistent right now, and I'm seem to be to to have an an issue, maybe expecting too much of my opponents. Sometimes actually, uh, it's like expecting that my opponents know every single move and know every um. single th decision that they do that that I make that they know the right play against me all the time. And you know, when you start having those thoughts in your in in your mind, you start overcomplicating things for yourself you know so sometimes it's also just like feeling the game and actually just getting in the groove so yeah that's that's uh, that's what i'm working at right now but i mean like breaking into the to the top 20 sure this year probably not gonna make it unless i'm just starting popping hits from now on but i still think it's um it's still something that i would uh, love to try and achieve but um it's not like a goal that i feel like is is necessary for me um but i mean it would be cool to have it yeah. I mean, I, look, if if there's like a major MVP and, you know, a couple of really good tournaments at the end, I don't, you could definitely make the tournament. Could, it could so, happen, you know, so who knows exactly. at the so moment? We'll see. we'll see what happens. I, I wanted to ask this question, right? Because uh, we already are in October, middle of October. The major is pretty soon. Does it feel like we're already so deep in the season? Because after the major is over, we, we don't have that many tournaments, right? We've got... Yeah, like last, last fall final, last world final, and, and then... That's, that's it? It's no? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty much yeah. it. Oh, that's at least a Masters, well. yeah, which is gonna be an okay tournament but not definitely not gonna have top five teams i don't think mm. does it feel like we just got back for the break or does it feel like we're deep in the season i don't know i mean the first two months has been really hectic i think uh at least for, for our team like, we've been playing a lot um not only like tournaments but we're also putting in the hours to team and i'm not gonna lie like going into to the playoffs of epl and then having one day off and directly into the armada was really tough mentally i mean it was uh it was so weird <clears throat> playing that best of five and then winning it, going to bed and then waking up the next day and you just see like a ton of other gamers from participating mm -hmm. in other tournament. And, you know, they changed the whole uh, atmosphere of the whole chill. Before it was Pro League, now it's the IEM. I was like, okay, what just happened in what, 12 hours? It was so unreal to be there. And you, you'd had to mentally reset for, for in less than 48 hours, having to play probably the most important qualifier of, of the year. So yeah, it was tough. Okay. Uh, this this is one I'm curious about. Do do you ever think, ah, oh, fuck? I wish me and the boys over at Astralis had a chance to defend our throne. Like, do you ever do you ever wish that happened, or do you think like it, it all happened for a reason and it was a chance for you to kind of 
well, it was a lengthy operation before you made your way into Vitality, but did, did you feel like, oh, that was that was for the good? Or did it ever feel like, oh, I wish we had another crack at trying to win another major with the with the Legendary 5? I would have been amazing to, to, to try and have that, but things wasn't wasn't going the way we wanted. And I mean, all good things come to an end, sadly. Um, so yes, I would have loved to try and give it another go, but it wasn't meant to be. And at, at that point where everything just started to... to to get messy i think it was more important for us that we just we needed to look somewhere else and we need to try something else and also that's also one of the main reasons why i decided to to give it a shot at going to another organization with uh, sonic and magisk that we i don't know we kind of need a new start i guess you made and, the right call mate it's fucked over there right now yeah i mean like I, I, it's it's really tough you know it's it's really tough looking looking at the that the stars like how they're how the results have been hitting you because in 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 some sense, you know, on a professional level, you know, they're they're my um, what do you say, like my not my kryptonite, what is it called, like the um, my my enemies, I guess I could say. And you know, I want them to you know not win. It kind of makes sense, you know, you want to win yourself. But on a, like on a personal level, looking at the organization and looking at the players, it was it was really tough seeing how things started to to you know get messy and also that they didn't qualify for for Rio. I remember that we. We looked at the last the last round in the practice room, me, Sonic, and Magic, and we were looking at the game. And in some sense, I just, I just, I think it, they were just about to lose, and I just remember that my heart just started pounding. And I was like, "This is really weird," because you know, I in some sense I don't have any ties to the organization anymore. But at sometimes, in some sense, I still had like this personal connection to the to the to the organization, everything, and all the all the memories and all that kind of stuff. And I just know how heartbreaking it is. Not, I'm okay. I don't know how it feels. <laughs> I never did it actually. But no, uh, only one no, no, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. No, but I could, I could imagine how it feels, right? That's, that's, and, and that was just really tough looking at because, I mean, I think one part of me will always have something special for Australia. I don't think that I will ever be able to get rid of that because we've achieved so many things together with those guys. And it was just really tough seeing them not making it in some sense. Um. So yeah, it's 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 definitely been it's been a bumpy ride for those guys, and it's it's really sad to see. Yeah, it's it's a weird one when we look over there. Like, we were talking about it last week, and I think I I uttered the sentence that was probably the best thing that could happen to the team. So now at least they could rebuild. But uh, you know, on that personal level, I'm sure that's a hard one, especially for for Glaive and Zip. There, that's yeah. that's going to be a tough. Well, you know, it's not that they'll be sitting out; they're probably rebuilding. But it's going to sure. be a tough couple of months to sit and watch for while sure. everybody's there and in, in Brazil. Now, um, boys, I wanted prof- to uh, yeah. yeah I mean, in. while we are on the topic of Australia, so, I mean, we might as well jump into this well, because yeah. obviously, you know, it's kind of like more of a free-flowing show at this point it feels like um you know it was hard not to think about what is, what is going on in Australia when you were talking about how it's important not to have role issues in the team and hmm. uh, and try then and, and do your best to avoid that obviously that was a big storyline with Australia this entire year you know with obviously you know the team looking a little bit disconnected around blame f uh, and zipex you know having to make all these changes basically to accommodate him and all this stuff um, do you view it that way? That that's kind of like why why the team hasn't been working out. What do you think about why that they've never really been able to be like a you know a deep consistent mm. team? Um, you know, I think there's a lot of a lot of things going on um, within the team. One thing, yes, is being the roles. Um, having two very passive players in blame and sip, <clears throat> having to kind of battle out who's like going to be the most passive one. I think that is like one thing, and you you were relying on. I mean, you had Config being the really aggressive one, um, and then you'd probably have Glaive supporting the aggressiveness. Um, but then you also had the issue with the op role, and, and and it's also been an issue for for the team for a long, long time. Um, <clears throat> and I think I think there's just like this um, this aura around the op position in in Australia. You know, like I think without actually knowing, I just had this thought that 
when you bring in a new Orba and then they know they have to like compete with the likes of uh, all those good Orbas out there and they want to fill out the shoes that they buy set. I mean, it's got to do something to your mind in some sense. Yeah. Maybe in the beginning it's working out for you, know, but when you start getting, you know, when start, people start pounding you on the internet and all that kind of stuff, you, you really need to have like a really strong mental fortitude to be able to just not focus on it. Um, and I think it's just really weird because their CT side has been really solid and I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Blame Ever is probably considered one of the top three players in the world playing CT. I mean, like this guy always gets gets double kills, you know, but it's more like this, the T side that has been the issue for them, like not having the, like they're not having enough aggressiveness and then once enough going into the, like, you know, deep into the rounds. And I think that is one thing. And another thing obviously is also organizations in terms of like the the reputation that that uh, the organization has like being the the greatest of all time and they they've achieved so many things it's also hard for for the team knowing that we were once this good and we once were the ones that everyone was talking about and now everyone is talking about us again but it's in a completely different way you know they're talking about that we are not doing things right and the management is not doing things right and blah 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 there's like so many things going on and i think it's also really tough for the players having to to read about and knowing about that people think that there's so many issues within the team so i think it's very i think it's very mixed but yeah i just I, you know it, it's just tough being and seeing it on our side because i know every single person behind the organization and all the people that i used to work with and i know that everyone is really good people and i i love them of all my heart but it's just really tough being your the one thing that we created is is is, is falling i wouldn't say falling apart but at least have have cracks you know so yeah we go from uh, one tough question to another one. Uh, who's better, Device or Zaiwu? Uh, I, I love Nikolai, but I have to say Zaiwu. Uh, I don't think there's a. I, I don't think there's a. There's a debate. I mean, yes, Nikolai won so many things together with us, and he's a really, really, really strong player, and has been the top three player for <clears throat> multiple years. But I don't know. Zaiwu is something different. Yeah. Yeah. So, he's, yeah. He's all, it's all he's talked up to be. It's not not just the flashes. It's 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 everything. I mean, it. I I think it's the first time I've ever ever been standing behind a player, watching someone play deathmatch or someone playing face it or whatever. It's because you know the way that he just sees the game and feels the game is really incredible. Like he just really feels the game in a way that I've never seen anyone feel it before. It's like when he gets information in the game, it takes his brain half a second to understand exactly what to do, and then on top of that, he's like hitting nut shots, and it's just a really good team at all. So I, he just has the whole package, and there's just something. I, it's, it's kind of weird praising him so much, but I mean, like, sure, he's also my teammate. But at the same time, you know, he is just so good at the game that, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 it kind of it, it baffles me sometimes. Does it make you? Does it make you self-conscious seeing him play? It's I'm like, just how, how is I, he so good? It's just it's just so smooth and 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 I'm just happy that he's on my team. Let me just put it like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so we, we've covered off a lot of things here already, and we've kind of been a bit all over the place, which I think is good because I, I want to kind of dip in and out of, of a, a lot of the stuff that you've spoken about, but we'll try and stay on tracks somewhat. So we've covered off qualifying for the major. Uh, we've spoken about, you know, there was the, actually one more thing, you know, while we were talking yeah. about the qualification for the major, obviously, you know, you, got, you guys lost that kind of decider against heroic. So going a little bit more specifically, was a really weird game you know it was like two really one-sided maps that you lost yep. and, uh, and and just uh it seemed um like you just didn't really enter the server well for for most of it so what 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 happened there i mean it's obviously an important series you know that you just didn't turn up for sure it was it was really important that we i guess every team wanted to go as legends but i think the main goal was 
going to the major and going to the major as a as a legend would have would just be a bonus from there on. But we just simply ran out ran out of steam. Like there was we didn't have any more energy. Like we really, really tried. And after like having such a close Inferno game and winning that one out, I just don't think we had any more to give. I mean, we really, really tried and we could just feel that everyone was feeling a little bit off. And I think it was just really tough mentally in some way that you qualified for the major and then having to play potentially two more best of three straight to make it to Legends. I was like, we were like, holy shit, this is going to be a long day. And I think already at that point, that was really tough for us, even though that we had a really good talk about how, how we want to approach the game and we're going to do our best and everything. Didn't have any more energy. And I think that's like the simple answer. Is it, is it actually mentally different? You know, once you've already passed that, like the main points and, you know, this is just like a decider for, for the next <laughs> stage, does it actually make a mental difference in like how you approach it? For me, the Armas, they're only about mental fortitude. They're about mental fortitude. They're about believing that you will make it and trying to be vocal and to put your fears about not making it. And yeah. that is, I'm I'm, I'm 99.9% sure that that's the reason why some of the teams, they don't make it. It's because they're, they are afraid of losing. But I'm, I'm being more like the, the difference between, you know, once you've already made it, how different is it then, you know, to have to play those? I mean, you touched on a little bit, you know, to, to play decided mm -hmm. games, essentially. Sure. You know, once the biggest part of the, like, the relief is already there, you know, you've made yeah. it through and that's the important part, you know, but now we still have this obvious, you know, really, like, basically, like, these two games, you would have to, now you have to win three more series mm -hmm. or three more games, you know, to make it to the legend stage. So it would have been, sure. uh, it would have been a lot easier if you just won that, right? For sure. I mean, it, 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 for us, it was just like, okay, we made it. That is like, that's the one thing that we came here for. We, we made it. And then knowing that we had to play two more games <clears throat> was really tough for us. So yeah, it was, uh, that was, that was all that meant something. Like, I wouldn't say not, it wasn't all that meant something to us, but that was like the big thing we had to, to achieve and we managed to do so. And from there on, it was just a bonus okay. that, what that you, we did manage to get. <laughs> what, but what do you feel, right? So, so you qualify for the challenge stage <laughs> and not the legend stage. So now you potentially play uh, another five more series, right? With some best of ones or best of threes, or you win three consecutive series to, and you, you're through. Like, uh, there's, I know there's multiple trains of thought, but where do you, someone who's, who's well, the the vet, right? The one who's been mm. through all of these, where do you yeah. land on this, right? You're going to get there, you get to play in the same environment in the challenger stage, the legend stage, it's going to have a crowd. You want to be there for more games? Do you think it's better for you to warm into the tournament? Do you think it's better mm. to avoid the risk and be straight into the legend stage? Like, or do you really not care? You're like, well, fuck it, we just have to play. I mean, I think there's pros and cons to both situations. Um, going there for the challenger will give us, sure, it will give us more. Uh, it's also a little bit interesting because you know it's kind of another format that we're going to play all games in the arena. So in that sense, it's it's also going to be interesting that we actually start out playing in front of the crowd and everything. Um, so we will definitely have some kind of advantages for the teams coming only for legends that they have they have not prepared in the same way. But at the same time, if you make it to legends, you will have more time to restitute and you'll have more time to to prepare and you'll you don't have to play as many games so in in some sense you you kind of lose uh the time to recuperate for the games but you will also gain momentum potentially that you've already played in the arena so i think there's pros and cons for both situations um and i've tried being on both sides i have played a, uh, a game against a team that has already played on stage and playing doing like Playing a team that has already been on stage, and you would end up losing because you are not ready, and they have already played on that setup, and they are they're used to the environment and everything. But I've also tried to be on the other side, um, knocking people out that that just made it to legend. So I'm in in some sense, it's for me, it really doesn't matter. Like I think there's good and both, bad things to both approaches. I guess for you, it's it's a bit more unique in this fact that you've you've done a bit of everything in your career, right? You've been in mm -hmm. a dominant position where you're already through, and you just slap teams away. It's just like, yeah, yeah, but we haven't played in a couple of days, but it doesn't fucking matter. We're the best team in the world. You guys are done. Like it just makes yeah, it a yeah. bit easy. Exactly. Or 
or other times where you might need that momentum going based on where the teams are in, in the tournament. This is this interesting one, right? Because we talk about pressure and, and whatnot. It's something you just mentioned before when you were talking about the teams of the RMRs and you said mm. uh, that some teams are scared of losing. That's why you feel that they didn't make it. Is that is that what you feel with the G2? Maybe less of an Australis because of a standing situation, mm. but with G2, you feel that's the case? They were, they were scared to lose as opposed to, you know, hungry to win? I think, yeah, obviously, it, it's dangerous to, to to make up conclusions about the other teams, but um, looking at my own my own career, my own situation that I've been in, I believe that the the new system with the RMR and everything is is a lot more about mental than it has been before, especially now that a lot of new players and everything is coming into, like, they, they have everything to win. You know, a lot of the teams that we played was maybe um, teams that were made of a mixed team from FPL and whatnot, you know, that making it here and playing on the big stage for the first time, you know, they, they are just, like, everyone kind of expects them to lose in some way, you know, like if, if they make an upset, you know, that's cool. And that's, that's what, that's what they, that, that's, that's really good for them. But for the, 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 the stable teams like us and G2 and blah, 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 all the other good teams, you know, um, if we f fail to qualify, you know, that's like a big loss, not only for the players, but it's, it's a big loss for the organization and everyone's going to be like kind of laughing at you. And like, so for all the big teams out there, there's only one thing that is to qualify. Like we cannot gain anything else. Like we we have everything yeah. we have everything to lose in those type of situations, and that is where if you are not vocal about your fear, hell, I'm I'm I was like I've always been like I'm pretty good at putting putting words onto my fear. Like before going into games, like holy damn, I'm actually nervous about this game. Oh my god, I'm I'm feeling this one is gonna be really tough, you know, or all that kind of stuff, you know, like that that fear is 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 something that everyone has. Even the most experienced players. I mean, you could you could say in some sense that I'm probably the most experienced counter player, blah, blah blah, because all the majors and everything. But you know, I also can get struck by fear, like fear of failing. You know, I get that. I guess that's like the one thing that that all human beings have. And I think it's really important that you you put you you put some some effort into expressing yourself in that sense, because otherwise it's just gonna get worse. Um, so I strongly yeah, I believe internalize it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I, I strongly believe that, and that is also for us why it was such a relief in some ways, like qualifying for qualifying for the qualifying for the major was like oh, now we just like we can kind of relax in some ways you know we've actually made it there now no one can laugh at us yeah okay someone can laugh, <laughs> us, laugh at us for not making legends but you know that's like how it is um but yeah i think i think that is one of the key issues uh, not issues but one of the key things for, for armors uh that that you just it's just tougher mentally than any other tournament i don't know how to explain it but it, it is just what it is like it's the biggest tournament of the year everyone wants to be there everyone wants everyone wants to make a presence there so yeah it's, there's obviously more on this well i don't know if there's obviously there's there's a lot more on the line because it's for the teams who maybe aren't part of the bigger names it's life-changing <laughs> money for them in stickers assuming mm -hmm. the stickers come through sure. at normal right that's 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 life-changing opportunity for some of these teams like you see with bad news and you you see that represented in the emotions as well <laughs> Because for you guys, like, yeah, as you're saying, yeah, there's you, you got to qualify because that's the job, right? That's yeah. what's expected of you. Whereas these guys, that that's not the case. Yeah. Do, do, we we do have conversations on the on the desk and uh, about versus some of these lower names and especially some of them that are the more pug teams, right? Like, <laughs> is a good example. Um, when you go up against names like this, from your perspective, is it better to prepare and just be like, okay, we'll just play a very standard game of CS. Let's say you're starting on CT side and we'll, we'll just respond, right? We won't be setting the tone. Or do you feel it's like, oh, we should set the tone. We should be the ones aggressing, taking these fights, taking the map control. Mm. Or is that on a team by team basis? Like, is there like a consensus on how to approach a bit more of these like random bogey mm. teams? I think it's a, uh, playing the aggressive card is probably the best way you can start all those games because you want to be able to, you, you want them to be scared of you and not the way, other way around. Because if you lose piss around and you lose the first buy round and you're down five zero, 
you have a tendency to to play a little bit more safe because you're like, okay, now we kind of have the back against the wall. Like we need to play more safe. If you can actually start out the game by you like taking the initiative, going out there, getting the first kills and all that kind of stuff, you will force them to make decisions instead of you. And in that sense, it it will it will create a lot less pressure for you because if you play against a party team and you get a lot of first kills, you will force them to making more individual random plays in terms where you are more prepared. Whereas if let's say you play against a pocket team and they keep getting danger frags, they are the ones that are going to try and take a space. Then someone is, because they know they have the gaps, they are going to try and sneak out through smokes. They are going to try and create, uh, you know, plays where they are alone. And they know they can do that because they have the space. And if you if you deny them that type of space early in the game, you will have a lot bigger chance of beating it because you will end up punishing their place and they will start considering a lot more. And that is when you start, when you start um, like being in the heads of players that usually are just playing kind of random-ish, that is why they will start thinking a lot more about their play, and that is why they will start playing worse. I guess that's how, how it is in counter. Like if you think too much about your play, you will actually start playing worse. Hmm. But I think that's that's like one of the approaches you could have in a game where you are by clear the, the big favorite. Does does that play in like so the the opposite of that when you're versing teams that you verse like or players that you know very well? Mm. Um, does the opposite like then you're overthinking situations when you're like oh this guy traditionally like. Mm like likes to sit the diffuse this guy doesn't fake as much like mm. on that top level how much does that play in because against these random guys it's anything's fucking possible but against the top guys you kind of have a much better understanding of the moves and the way they approach the game so how, how does that play in at the highest level i think going up going up against specific teams i i'm pretty sure that uh, let's say that you you have an idea how different teams play. You know, a team like Face, they are maybe very oriented about taking duels, and you know, like they know and they think themselves that they are better than everyone else. That is why they take those duels because they want to win on raw firepower and just being better as individuals. Whereas maybe a team like Cloud9 is relying a lot more. Sure, they are really good as individuals, but they are also really good at playing the game and playing the rotations and all that kind of thing. So you kind of have an idea how the team likes to approach, and instead of having to rely too much on countering every single individual player in the team you would probably be more focused around maybe countering or working towards their specific playstyle. I remember like the old SK team, the Fallen and everything, like they were playing so slow that you would potentially just save nades for the last 30 seconds, you would automatically kind of win the rounds because they were playing so structured and they were playing so much together that you would just have to save your grades. And I think that is, I'm, I'm pretty sure that every team has that, you know, one team, like people probably consider playing against Vitality, they know, okay, if we just uh, save Nate for the first 30 rounds and then we regress, then maybe we can win. You know, they probably have a game plan that counters how we want to play as a team. And and that is kind of the mind game going on right now in, in the professional scene, I believe. Okay. Uh, boys, where do we want to pivot with this here? Because, Prof, what you've got up for me, we're good, we can talk more about Vitality in this year. Right? We can get a bit more yeah. in the gritty with, with Sphinx. Uh, I guess we'll talk about Rio towards the tail end. And we also wanted to pick Dupree's brain about Counter-Strike now versus yeah. counter-strike maybe then. talk a bit about vitality the rest of the teammates maybe Spinx. you mentioned Spinx, mm -hmm. probably a player to mention and we talk about about the teammates the new and the old okay so yep. okay I, with that. I guess we could start with with the with the Spinx edition right so sure. we we know that this move has come through uh it seems like did, did it feel like well i don't know if this even felt like it was possible was it like hey let's make an offer and see what happens i think we just really needed to find a player that wanted to play this type of uh, lurking and more like, uh, I wouldn't say anchoring, but more like the lurking role and really good at playing on the side of the maps. As, at the same time, getting a guy that is really talented in terms of uh, like his, both his age, but also his approach in the game and like his time and ends was really good. You know, he was also a really good rifler. Um, so we kind of needed this, This um, we just needed more firepower and we needed this type of role. And I think he, he was fitting that role pretty well. Um, obviously I was not like the one making the calls, um, it was more like the management of the team, like uh, the coaches and everyone, and, and the thinking, trying to, to find the right 
uh, addition to the team. But bringing him into the team has definitely helped us a lot, not only in firepower, but also in terms of like uh, communication and taking initiative. And I don't know, I mean, Spence is just this, he's so easy to be around. Like he kind of reminds me a little bit like Sipex, you know, like this really easy guy to be around. He's always like positive around your place. So if you want to do this and that, he's always like, yeah, sure, go for it. Like he's not the one that's going to be like, no, this is probably stupid to do or whatever. Like this, you know, he's always like trying to be positive and, and that that's just really good for the team. Like he's always, he's just a really good teammate and he's a really great player to the team. So it's only been a joy playing with him, playing with him so far. Um, so it has, it just definitely helped us tremendously. I find it kind of almost shocking how well he fit into the team, especially into these like late round scenarios. Mm. Like even at the first event, like the blast groups that you played, I felt like like him and Zaiwu in a two v two, or him and anyone in a two v two, like they were they were winning it ninety percent of the time. Mm. Like how how did how did that happen? How did he gel so so fast with the team? I think he's just really confident in in his own abilities, and he's he um. He is, you know, the, the the second star of the team together with with together with Saibu. You know, they are the ones that are set up to to win the rounds and set up to make the plays and everything. Um, where the rest of us is either more supporting or at least trying to to create the space for them to to win out the rounds. And I think he just fits really good. Like, I mean, the synergy between the Saibu and Spinks is also really good. So in that sense, it also helps a lot. But he, I think he's just really confident in his own abilities, and I think that is what helping him a lot. Like he believes that he's doing the right thing, you know, and, and sometimes it's, 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 it just comes natural to him. And that is what is really good about Counter-Strike players is that if it comes natural to them, just like with Saibu, you know, that kind of is normally like 90% of the time, it's probably the right, the right gut feeling they go with. Um, so he's really talented. He's, he's really good at understanding the game. Uh, and sure, he's still very young. And he said, uh, he said a couple of times and when we were playing some situation, he was like, okay, I would probably never have done that, you know, but, but that is why he can see like the, like the, um, the, um, the experience from from the the rest of us, like from me and then uh, from me, epics and, and matches coming into play, but he's like he learned something from us. But at the same time, we also learned something from him because you know he has he has a different approach to the game because he's like the young generation and everything. So I, it's really good that we can take and learn something from from each other. That's an yeah. interesting little handover there, right? Like, do do you feel that as the player now, uh, being twenty nine years of age, right? I dig at mm. your age, right? I think so. Yeah. Uh, do you feel that now you're not only still you still have to contribute as a player in the server, but is there like a sense of responsibility now to the to the likes of Zaiwu and Spinks to offer them whatever you can with all the experience you have, or well maybe less with Zaiwu? I don't know when you have mm. those phenoms who are just running around. He just looks like a teddy bear. He just looks like he's giggling and he's having a great time <laughs> yeah, and owning exactly. everybody. But maybe more more like Spinks. <clears throat> I guess you would have experienced it with Masuda. Was this like you know? Is there a lot of stuff that you feel that you can impart knowledge with? Are you going to write a book once you come to the end of this? Don't it can have some some Counter Strike bestsellers, or yeah. how do you look at that role? I'm probably not going to do a book. I'm too lazy for that. But um, I mean, one thing is with Saibu. I mean, he is so good at the game, and even though he makes mistake and he makes uh, questionable plays, it always seems to work for him. And even when it doesn't, I don't think we I I don't think we would ever like say you should probably not do this and that blah 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 because. I'd much rather want him to take the risk and try and and make those mistakes one out of fifty times than him not making the like making those type of plays and never making those crazy plays. It's kind of a balance you need to like. He's he's so good and winning so many crazy situations that when he also messes up a situation, it's like just nice try. That's just what it is, you know. Like I, I'd much rather want him to go out there and be be the one that he is right now. Um, whereas for Spinks, it's more like uh, it's kind of the same, but at the same time, I also feel like. Um, I mean, like in some sense, they're not that the same caliber without being being harsh on Spinks. Um, 
I don't things... think you are. No, like, no, I mean, pretty I, reasonable. I think, it's, yeah. I think it's hard to put any like to put a comparison. Maybe you could go with simple, uh, put, put, for, to a comparison to to Saibu, But I think in that sense, it's um, he's really good at uh, at least trying to explain if there's something like he doesn't like or there's something he would like to uh, to, to learn more about or whatever it is. Like he's very open. He has a very open mindset, and it's not like he's like thinking there's only one way to do it. Maybe he's he's also really good at saying I usually do this. This would usually work really well for us. But we could also say the same way to him that what I used to do like this really worked for him. And then he picks it up, you know. So we are good at contributing and giving each other credit in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I mean, Zarwood is not a guy you want to tell what he what he should or shouldn't do. You know, he no, probably no, knows exactly. better than no, yeah, than exactly. everybody. It's hard. It's hard to give him. Uh, to give him uh, criticism, you know? <laughs> but I feel like, I, I know Zywa and like the Simples, they're like the outliers of some of this, but like a player in that role, like that star role or like an mm. opera or something, I think some of the worst things that can happen is, and, and this is the thing, this is why Counter-Strike, as much as it's, you know, a video game, it's still like a, a people's, it's like a personal game, right? But if you, if you talk to someone in the wrong way or like you send the wrong message, I'm not saying this is in your example, but I'm sure it's happened with orpers in the past who have been in teams that have been brought in to be themselves and then, they get coached or the system means they can't go for all those peaks and they just become mm. like a shadow of themselves. Like you take the confidence that made that player who they were away. Exactly. Yeah. And and that could be like a really hard balance to, to strike. I, I'd imagine. I don't think you have too much of that to worry about in this team, right? There's no like, you don't have the, there's no crazy ego. There's like, I'm sure you all have the ego. Like I'm going to go out there and fucking headshot this guy, mm. but they, I, you don't have the ego. Like if, if somebody gets told off, it doesn't feel like you guys have those issues. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that Sonic's approach coming into the team was like with Sai Wu specifically, didn't want to tell him what to do or he didn't want to change him because you know he is so good at what he's doing that just want to kind of build around him and i think one of sonic's concern could potentially be that if he told Taiwu to play more like structured or play more like devised it or do more like this that we used to do in australia that they could shake up his his in you know his idea of how to play the game and it would actually end up making him more inconsistent and then having a guy like said would be inconsistent, he's probably still dropping 125. But I mean, in some <laughs> sense, you know, not not having those crazy standout performances that he actually does because he's put out of his comfort zone. And for, for me, it's all about putting him in his comfort zone. And that's also what he has said to us. And like, you know, he, he feels the team and he feels that confidence in the team and that makes him play better. So in, in that sense, it's it's like we, we're giving confidence to each other, knowing that that we're helping each other in that sense. Uh, do you got something, Prof? Maybe uh, if we want to talk about Zonic, is, is that yeah? Nice I was or... gonna go from like one polar, like one one into the other, right? We're talking the newer boy or the newer gen, I guess. I will and speak yeah. to that end, but then like the likes of Apex and Zonic, I suppose, because there's there's two ways you can look at both of these things. One used to compete <clears throat> against Apex back when he was just an entry fragger, right? A mm. loud mouth from the French seed, and now he's he's the in-game leader, right? Was that surprising to to play under him and see that development of him as an individual? Yeah, I mean for sure. I mean. I've been competing against Apex in, in the same type of role for for a long, long time, and I I was kind of surprised when he was uh, like picked up and and wanted to convert into becoming an in-game leader because and then <laughs> I've actually always thought that Dan was was super stupid <laughs> in some ways, you know, not not super stupid, but he was this guy that went for the, those crazy peaks, and the stuff and entry practice. I mean, exactly. and you know sometimes what you need, you know, and he still makes crazy plays sometimes, you know, and sometimes it definitely does work, but his approach, like his dedication and his understanding of the game in as of right now. And for for the last maybe eight months that I've I've um, that I've that I've gotten to know him, you know, his understanding of the game is just in in a really high level. And actually, he he's really good at not making it too complicated, but also looking at how do we fix certain issues without overthinking it. Sometimes it's just about changing one flash or changing one thing or having another run pattern or not doing something. You know, like he's really good at looking at that. And and he's 
really good at coming up with stuff. It's, I think he usually says that the best time that he has thinking about Counter-Strike is actually when he's away from the computer, when he's like in the bed or in the shower or whatever, doing something else, you know, like he's like, oh, this tactic could be really good, you know, and then he's going to write it down and then he brings it to practice the next day, you know, so he's really proactive in that sense when he's not at the computer. So he's bringing a lot of things to the team and 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 another thing is that he's a, he's a really solid captain. He's really good at motivating motivating everyone in the team and like uh, prepping and hyping the, the team for, for games and but also in, in not only in uh, in terms of like, come on guys, let's go, but also when we're not doing it good enough, you know, He's like actually puts pressure on when things are not good enough, or we're not playing, we're making too many mistakes, or our trade is 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 bad. Like guys, we need to to like put our, ha- our heads out of our asses and stuff like that. You know, he's really good at putting that stuff into the to to the conversation, and I think that sometimes is what some people like as captains they can get too nice in some sense. Like you also need to be hard sometimes because that is when you get the effort out of people. And I think he's really good at that. So he has surprised me a lot, and also the work that we have done in the vitality. Like he has also changed in terms of uh, how he he's like he's a very emotional player like me, and he has definitely changed for like a lot better. I mean, like it's 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 actually, uh, <laughs> but it's it's actually really uh, really nice to uh, to to be working with him. Yeah, it's fun to watch, right? Having those two of you on the same team, there's some fun <laughs> yeah. reactions in the game yeah, right yeah, there. Exactly. Yeah. We get we get quite the uh, roller coaster of emotions. <clears throat> yes. Was it, you were you were kind of touched on the, the him being typically a very similar player to you. Was mm. there any sort of like a clash with him at first when you were trying to figure out how to put these two cores together? No, not really. Actually, I mean, I think he's over, he's he's respected the, the way that I wanted to to approach the game as an entry fragger, and and I guess that he just let me. I think he wants me to just focus on what I think is nice, and that is also what we're currently working on, like finding moves that is actually working out well for us. Um, and that, like, he come up with ideas, like what 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 could potentially be good for me to doing and everything. But I think he's very good at just. I I made it very clear that I wanted to have space. I wanted to be able to do stuff, and he's really good at giving me that. So in that sense, it's uh, it, I think the, the chemistry is working really well. If we look, uh, if we go from from the the in-game leader to the coach now, like Zonic, so you've been with him throughout the rise. You guys went to become the best team in all time, uh, yada yada yada. Let's let's fast forward to to present day. Now you mentioned that you guys went through this kind of situation of bringing the best from Astralis, using the best from Vitality, trying to combine everything together. Has Zonic had to go through a like a relearning period as well? Right? <clears throat> is is it now him having to sharpen some new coaching tools? Like what what's it like for him uh, in that in that driver's seat? Yeah, I think for, for 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 Sonic, um, I think it's been it's also been quite a journey, and also he's he has, I mean, back in the Australis days, yes, he was the coach, but at the same time, he's also just like a friend of the team in some sense. Like you know, everything was going so well that you know, I wouldn't say he was like being being easy on us or anything, but everything was just working according to plan. So, in some sense, it kind of worked out as as. The like the authority balance, or whatever you say, between the players and the coach was way smaller back then than it is nowadays. Um, and I think it's changed for the better um, because I also think that he has understood and realized that that he needs to get the maximum out of his players if he still wants to be able to to have a, a title competing team. Um, and that's one of the reasons why we when we came back from for, for this new season that he expected more from us and he was just being honest about that you know and i don't and i think it's a good thing that he he expects more f- from his players because you need to be putting in the effort um and also he has a i wouldn't say he has distanced himself like in terms of authority to us but there's definitely a little bit more authority with him now in the vitality roster than it was back in the astralis um obviously also because we have the, the team is not the same and, and the history is different but um 
I think he has taken a lot of inspiration from from other coaches, not in Counter-Strike, but maybe in, in other sports genres, uh, reading books and understanding how they did their thing. And he's a lot more about trying to maximize, like, put the maximum effort into each individual player that we're all different and we all work in different ways. Some players may need something specific and some players maybe need something else. There's not like one thing that works for everyone. And he's really good at trying to um, accept and help the players to get the maximum effort out of if each of everyone. So I think okay. that is that's like that is what he, he definitely has uh, has worked on and and has made him uh, and in my my world a better coach in some sense. It, it's strange, right? Because like we're still at the forefront of all of this. Like uh, like coaching in Counter Strike is still being ironed out today. Like I know we've mm. had people doing it for a couple of years now, but it's mm. only a couple of years. Like in terms of like analysts and approaches and this, everyone's figuring it out. And yep. uh, maybe this can move us up to the next point, boys. You got anything more like vitality specific in 2022? Because I, I want to. Yeah, there's a very important question about Zonic. It was uh, the Zonic law. How often <laughs> yeah. is it is it real? And how often does it get mentioned? People in <laughs> chat, ever everyone wants to know. So I have to ask the dumb question. Is what it is. I think you said it when we were playing against Heroic. I think we were eleven four down on I don't know, was it or mm. I don't know, the last map or whatever it was, I think it was eleven four. And he, he said that guys, this Sonic Law thing, it usually never happens when I'm on the like I'm on the worst side, you know. Like I'm I'm never the one making the comeback. So guys, can you please just do it so we can prove it actually works? <laughs> and it didn't work. So something's wrong with it. But I don't know. I think it's obviously it's just like a meme thing. But I think a lot of people have taken taken into consideration that it could actually be a thing, and that is like it's a dangerous lead because in some sense it is. But for us, it's more like just a mean thing, and I think it is for him as well. But I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure that he thinks it's fun that someone has created this kind of thing. It's it's good when we're casting though, right? At eleven four half, you come in there, they win pistol, yeah. they win the force by, they win the Felico, they win the first, okay. It's like oh, okay, well you know that lead is fucking like it. I think it's just a good way to summarize, you know, how quick and, and close these games can really get from sure. out of nowhere. Sure. Um, okay. So let's talk a bit about uh, the then and the now, right? So you've been doing this an awfully long time. You've been uh, since the very first major, right? Now, mm -hmm. from Dupree's perspective, because we talk about this on the show, you know, we bring different guests on, we talk about Counter-Strike, where it's going, what it's like. What is Counter-Strike like from your perspective right now? Are you happy with it? How do you feel about the circuit? You've been doing this the whole time. Is Counter-Strike in a good place? Uh, both, yes and no, I'd say. I think, okay. um, I, think uh, I mean, as a veteran player, you know, I've been I've been through a lot, and I think we're start, slowly starting to see like uh, a generation shift um, in terms of players. And I was part of the generation shift back in the days, and I think we're slowly starting to see it again. Like uh, more and more players get replaced uh, in that sense that they that you know they pick up academy players. Like Mouse is a really good uh, example. Like they they picked up three players from the academy team, trying to 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 bring it up into their main roster. Um, and you just see like the, the the competitiveness of the game is just like really high, and I think it's a really good question, actually, that um, I don't know if the skill ceiling in the top tier CS has fallen or that people have just gotten better. I'm not actually quite sure if uh, the top teams are just getting worse or that the lower tier players are actually getting better. I don't know which one, which one of them is actually uh, the right thing here. Because looking at the RMR, like the open circuit tournament we just had, like a lot of teams dropping best of ones to, to teams that, that no one kind of really know. Is that a fact of the game being... A little bit random. Is it a fact of that that the, the top tier teams are struggling uh, in terms of their level, or is it just like random people being really good at the game? I don't really know which one to go with actually. Do you? Th what do you think about this as an angle? That you, when you're playing the top tier Counter Strike against the mm -hmm. same big names, are playing a different type of Counter Strike. Yeah, yeah, 
it could be, yeah. It could be uh, at the, like the, the approach on, on the game is, is, is different. Uh, that you, you expect you, you expect something from, from the, the, the top teams and then you also kind of expect that from the lower tier teams, but they actually play in a different way that is, in some sense, just different to play against. So yeah, it could be a thing. But um, that's like that's like the one thing that I'm trying to like figure out, like how is it actually looking? And then obviously we have the, the whole CT meta thing with the M Silence M4, which I think is in a really horrible place. Uh, and I think it's kind of a shame that we've, for a long time now, has been having guns dominating the game. We've had the Creek back in the days, we had the Orc, and then we had the Silencer. Like, it seems like there's always been with that one weapon for the last two years that has been so dominant that one side has been so effective towards the other. Um, and I think also um, having to to pick between specific guns that you don't just have like uh, like a full weapon wheel where you just like okay now i feel like playing with the silencer you pick that up you have a position where you need to play with a 30 bullet m4 you pick that one that being you want to play with a tech nine or a c whatever it is i think it would be nice to just have all the availability in the game so you don't have to like specifically pick for for stuff i think that could create some some, some variety um but also the whole thing about dropping grenades you know has also changed the game tremendously and how it how it's played uh, for both but uh, in my opinion only for the good thing i think that we've we are seeing a lot more um creativity and a lot more things that that is now available in the game um and then we have the whole issue in my opinion with the whole like calendar like tournaments overlapping each other and tournaments being too close to each other and all that kind of stuff and at least coming from what I just experienced, having the playoffs in EPL and then directly into the armor is just like a huge no-go in my opinion. I mean, it's it's just it's just too mentally exhausting. And I don't know if it's because I'm getting old, but I've never felt so uh, so exhausted coming from home from a tournament before than I did there. Um, yeah, I, th- I think the matches you guys play now mean more, right? Like in the sense mm. that, like, because I look at it, I don't think you attend as many events now as you did mm. back in the peak. No, probably but, not. But the matches you play, there's so much more importance on the matches you play, maybe because you don't attend as many events. Because like, if you go to one event, mm. this is different from the dominant Australis where you guys went and decided to win everything you went to. Mm. But in different periods in your career, like you know, you'd go from event to event to event to event, and it didn't matter sometimes if you didn't even make the top eight because the next week you could still make a top four appearance, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Whereas now it's like so much focus on that set of matches you have to play and the amount yeah. of prep and practice that like it's like. The focus into less amounts of games seems higher now. And I guess sure. that shows when you're talking about yeah, things yeah. like all the preparation stuff, right? Yeah, for sure. So I, I think you're right about that one. Um, so I think there's a lot of good things to the game, but there's also a lot of things that I think could be nice for a change. Um, so I think it, it's, it's in a state of good and bad stuff. Yeah. I, well, like, so I, I don't know, I guess, because this is something that we, we think about like quite often. So I, yours are probably more in-game focus right like the weapon thing you're talking what about the map pool that's this always gets so much conversation Mm. right people always talking about fucking vertigo and people hating on ancient i know you guys don't play ancient right but like what what do you make of the map pool where it is is right now do you think it needs to be fresh because these these conversations we're going to have for the end of time these will never be like conversations that are ever settled but the game right now as it currently (laughs) is how do you find like the map pool and, and that nature of things I think the map pool in general right now is is, is fairly decent. I mean, I, I think um, sure I'm I'm not the biggest fan of Vertigo, and obviously we're not playing Ancient. I think Ancient when I played it was a pretty nice map, and I actually was quite satisfied with it. <clears throat> I think it would be nice to. I think it's good for 
for players and for everyone that we get this kind of updated map pool, just one a little bit more frequent than we that we have it right now. I think it's always nice to see something new. Like it's always you know whenever there's a new map that's brought into the map pool, you get so excited as a player. Like you spend countless of hours trying to find new grenades, and whenever you play someone in practice, you're like, oh my god, we are so much better than they, they are. But then you play against another team, and they have this crazy execute, and you're like, holy shit, we need to copy this. You know, there's so many mind games going on. And I think there's a lot of things that is really uh, unique about getting a new map into the map pool, and I think it could be happening a little bit more frequently. Um, and I would really love to see a, a map like Tuscan, like a lot of other people probably want to get into the map pool. Um, but I, I, I strongly believe that the, the map pool is, is fairly decent right now. Um, but having an updated map pool after the major would certainly be something that I think would be very nice for the game. Um, and it would also be fun to see some of the older maps maybe getting rotated out because uh, a map like uh, Mirage, for example, or Dust 2 or something like that, like getting that one rotated out so we get something new. Nice. See, I can get behind that. You can get behind us too, yeah. Yeah, look, any of it, even overpass at this point. Let's make some changes. Uh, okay. that uh, as well. I you also make that's... a double change. You could also take two maps out just to make it even funnier. Yeah, I think the problem. I think the problem with that is that you know Valve are relatively slow at reacting to what you know they think is important to change about the map. You know, we've They're always on seen like with two right now, man. Well, you know, give whatever, whatever the reason is, but like even oh, in yeah. the past, you know, when we've seen mm. like. Uh, even like overpass, you know, took quite a long time to get into a position where it's, it was actually a really playable map and, and, sure. and enjoyable for both sides. You know, we saw the same with Vertigo. It went through like fucking five different really mm. big changes that like throughout, I don't know what it was, like a year until yeah. we got to a place where we are now where it's kind of like a very stable map and, and everybody's kind of gotten used to it. Yeah. So it takes a long time for it to get to, for a new map sure. to even get into a place where it's ready or where there are no like glaring issues that, that Valve haven't addressed, you know, so like yeah. having a couple of maps come in, come in mm. it, it's a definitely a nice idea, like just to have like a more a profound change in the map pool at, at, at once, but it would just mm. click, create a clusterfuck in terms of how quickly it would be sure. able to get updated, I think. Here's a, yeah, here's a question in the pre for Source 2 when mm. it comes out next week, as Sponge just said earlier. No, um, it's obviously the week of the major final. Oh, cool. Ooh, la, la. new uh, engine for the major fight. What would you what would you like to see? Like what is currently in the game that that is annoying to you or that you don't like about like uh, a bug? Yeah. Is there anything that you dislike about how the game works right now? I think the overall optimization of the game is what we're currently looking at. I mean, spending a little bit of uh time in other FPS games, I'm pretty confident that you will not find like a, 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 such a poorly optimized game as, as Counter-Strike is right now. Uh we're like playing on probably the biggest the best possible rigs you have in the entire world and <laughs> we're still only like i'm not saying that for 500 versus obviously that's really good but you would be able to blow any other game out of the window with that type of fps you know like that's like one thing and then i've seen like a i'm not really that much into it but i've also seen some reports about that some player skins has weirder like has hitboxes has yeah. hitbox issues and I don't know. I just think there's a lot of things. Also, sometimes when you extinguish a Molotov, it'll still go through and are like throwing Molotovs through the walls and all that kind of stuff. You know, there's a lot of things that are just, in my opinion, just weird that is in the game. And I would just like a more stable game, a game where it feels like that that everything is is more aligned and working better together. Yeah, yeah we, don't want a, we don't want a moldy yeah. roof, right? We want we want a we want a nice clean. We want yes. the place to work. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying Counter Strike is a bad game. That's definitely what I'm saying. But it could definitely use like a cleanup because I also think there's like a ton of uh, commands that is not even worked working anymore, not getting used anymore. And there's a lot of things that I just think for optimizing the game that could make the game feel a lot more smooth and just be able to enjoy on and yeah, a less good PC and all that kind of stuff. And I think well, the gameplay will also help a lot. 
hopefully that's what is coming with Source 2, right? I think the mm. idea of getting off the engine one right now, which is all the spaghetti code and all that nonsense. But, yep. boys, do we want to move into the Skinnyonet quiz to bring you down to do a quiz with us? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, I guess he, he doesn't have a choice. He hasn't like jumped up and down to do it, but he's going to be here. Now, Striker will be your wingman <laughs> during all of this, right? So, I can just uh, end call if I don't want to participate, right? Yeah, well, look, uh, <laughs> oh, this is this is where it gets fun, right? The people in chat at home, uh, they know who wants to be a skinnier very well, right? So what we're going to do is they're all going to start spamming bit skins in chat, and they're all going to go into the draw. And how many questions you get correct, they're multiple choice. We have five questions. We'll determine what type of skin or what price point of the skin uh, one lucky winner at home will win. So you're helping give something to somebody on a Saturday night. So you, you might make their weekend right here, mate. So uh, you ready to get underway with this one? I can read yeah, out the questions. All right. Yeah. Okay. This is, who wants to be a skinnier? Brought to you by Bitskins. Question number one. Let's get it rolling, Lucas. In which one of the following teams did Zaiwu not play? Was it AAA, Limitless, or Y6? Uh... I mean, I know he. I know he played in AA for sure. Uh, y six. How do you spell that? He did a capital Y, a, a sorry, a capital W, a Y, a capital S, and an I and an X, which kind of looks like Zaiwu's name uh, a little bit there. So you can I also know. open in Teamspeak. There's a link with the questions. Oh la la! I can look. I can help the audio. I know what the answer is. Well, we have twenty seconds. Help. So do you want? Do you want his assistance? Uh, does that mean I'm not gonna? Is that bad for my? Uh... No, no, it's good for your rep. Okay, give give me a, give me some help then. I mean, what he played in Y six, so it's nice. limitless. All right, we're going. Right. <laughs> I would have gone with I would have gone with Y six. I've never I heard of that bullshit before no, ever. No, what no, the no. Fuck it also sounds so stupid. It sounds like Zai Zaiwu six. It looks like his name. All right, anyway, that's one out of one correct. Thank you, uh, Striker, for chipping in there. Plenty of time left on the clock for that one. All right, question number two. Uh, over 10 years of his CSGO career, how many HLTV MVPs did Apex accumulate? Zero, two, or four? I'm pretty confident he didn't get any. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, nod from Striker. I'm locking in A, zero. The correct answer is A, zero. That's I remember for four there's Apex. actually a cool story. Not, not a cool story, but just like a fun, <laughs> fun story from every time Apex was like in the discussion for, for an MVP. One of those was like wsg that they won with envy and it ended yeah. up going to kenny s because it was like between him and bk and apex i think yeah. and apex was like just give me one bro <laughs> just give yeah me exactly one. I'm, I'm actually think he told us that story at uh, our as well. <laughs> so yeah, he's been around for apex all right let's get into question <laughs> number three uh with which team did Spinks play his first hltv featured lan event was it tiki taken contact or ents um, I mean, I know it's it's definitely not Ince. I know that he played in contact together with Snappy and stuff like that. But, but LAN events, I actually don't know if he played LAN events with contact. I'm LAN not 100% event. sure. No, that's actually... But, but first, HLTV. But I don't know, maybe HLTV did some kind... I, mean, I don't know if there's been like a local... Uh, no, 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 like, no bullshit. Just real LANs. But you're just, just throwing a crazy name in the mix here. Like... Are you sure? His first HLTV vision LAN, but didn't he play with... Didn't he play with... Contact. I mean, he played with contact. He played I don't online, know if It was like during was, pandemic. Was so I'm not sure if, uh, it, yeah. if they played actual lines. Maybe this is the trick question. I mean, I, you've got I, ten it, seconds. I think I'm gonna go with insights to then. Oh dear. I think so. Striker? I'm sorry if I if I led you astray. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you could have been. All right. I've locked in ants. The ants. Correct answer is. 
The ends. Okay. Yeah. A, a sigh of relief right there. Yeah, that yeah, is a but... trick question. It was a trick question. Thank All you right, Prof. Getting well, well, tricky here this evening. <laughs> All right. Question number four. In which year did Magisk have his highest placing on the top 20 list? Was it 2018, 2019, or 2020? It's not 2020. Uh, and I'm pretty sure it's not 2018. I think it's... I had my best placing in... Oh, la la. I need to know this. I was number five in 20... No, whoa, I don't know if it's 18 or 19. You were number five in 2018. It was? Yeah. Okay, then I'm pretty sure it's 2018. That yeah. he, because what I remember you, that you, we were talking about if it was going to be me or him going the highest placing. I, okay. think, he, I think he was seven, so I think I'm going to go with uh, 2018. It looks like Prophet I don't know. I, I, don't know. He, I think Spongebob just uh, fucked him here. Was I wrong? Yeah. You Dupree, did. It wasn't 19, wasn't it? Dupree number five in 2018. That's what I said. That's what he said. Yeah, okay. No, okay, okay, okay. So locking in 2018 or 2019? Yeah, yeah. 2018. 2018. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what. Ralph, come on now, man. I'm pretty sure. I did my homework. Bro, but I was 2019. Was it? But I, I mean, I was thinking because of Karavica, right? Because he was the main, yeah, he was the major MVP, MVP. So I was thinking ah. that that might have been the difference. I didn't. Ah, I wasn't okay. sure though. That's but in, shame. in 2019, you were 16th. In 2017, you were 10th. In 2015, you were 12th. 2014, 16th. So uh -huh. see, I, I had it up. I had it. I, ready should, to go. I wanted to put not, like the actual placing of Magisk in the in the question, but I forgot. Mm. And uh, if I did, uh, it oh, was also November oh. five. You would have, <laughs> uh, you would have got it for sure. Blame uh, Prof here. All right. Sorry for it was it was kind of difficult. All right. Uh, question number five. Yeah. Final question here. What is the full name of Zonic's autobiography? Zonic the Astralis story. Zonic my coaching story. Zonic the untold story. No one knows the answer to this question. <laughs> Not a single person. Holy shit! I have. Uh, I think I have the book somewhere. Don't I? Okay. What if yeah. I can actually make it out of my room, find the book, and actually figure? There it we out? go. Do it. Do well, it. if I would tell you from a marketing standpoint, <laughs> it would probably be smarter to include the word Astralis. Now, if I, I was mean, looking at it from yes. a business standpoint, it's not the old untold story, and it's my code. No, it's gotta be the Astralis story. Right. Oh. What is? Is it? I don't know where it is. <laughs> Actually, I don't it? know where it is. Uh, half of it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't finish. I only finish, I only read the one. Uh, anyway, we'll take it up first. I'm gonna go with um, Sonic the Astralis story. All right, locking in a, a, a Sonic the Astralis story, and the correct answer is a oh, Sonic the Astralis story. Now, uh, look, we got four out of five. That's not too bad. There was a landmine in there. That prop yeah. accusing me a of couple. Shit. It was. It's kind of difficult. Not gonna lie. You didn't make difficult. it easy. No, I didn't. No, but uh, that's who wants to be a skin you know, Brought to you by Bit Skins, and we're gonna draw the lucky winner right now. The lucky winner in is Gamal Trom Tromberg Tromborg. Anyway, Gamal. Congrats. <laughs> uh, you've been following since 2020, so I've uh, been following for a couple of years. Congratulations. Our people will reach out to your people. Okay. Uh, we got you for about 10 more minutes here, Dupree. Mm -hmm. So what we'll do is right now, uh, I guess we'll open this up to questions that we have that come in on the forums, on Twitter, sure. uh, maybe even people in chat right now. But I, I think the thing is, we're now looking and staring down the barrel of the major, which isn't too far away. Uh, what comes next for, for you and Vitality and the lead into that? As I mentioned, 16 days until the Challenger stage, stage starts. So it, it's two weeks practically. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, we, uh, yesterday, today, and tomorrow we'll be, we'll be off. Um, just to try and recuperate as much as possible going into this new hectic uh, schedule. And on Monday, we will be traveling to Belgrade for a bootcamp um, because we will also be playing the Blast Showdown. So um, that's where we will be going. So we're going to be bootcamping and playing Showdown at the same time. 
Um, so that's going to be really interesting, and I really hope that we will qualify. It's like an event that's really important for, um, at least for the Danes. You know, we really want to go and play in the Royal Arena. Um, missed it out last time because uh, I was like kind of benched before I got to play there. Um, so in that sense, um, we really want to go there. But sure, it's all about getting into into the to the major mode. You know, like uh, in, in terms of like breathing, thinking, and just only thinking about CS. And uh, that's at least what the plan is for for the next couple of weeks. I know this is kind of like a super, yeah, a vague question that nobody really can have an answer to, but I'm curious about what your take is. You know, obviously, you know, you just won EPL, you did well at the RMR. That, that's just before you're, you're still going to play the showdown. So there's still a little bit, a little bit left, but obviously, you know, this is peaking. Is this peaking at the right time or does this <laughs> put too much pressure on you in terms of, you know, other people looking at how your guys are playing? Because like suddenly you are a legitimate contender for a major title, you know, after, the, mm. after this run. Um, I, I really don't think it's something that we've been thinking too much about. I mean, um, talking about pressure is always like the less pressure you can generate on yourself by how you uh, like talk about it, the better, in my opinion. So um, I don't think there's like any expectation in that sense. Like I think every team going to the major, they just have this goal of going. They want to go to the playoffs, and then they want to take one game at a time. You know. Um, the thing about majors is that yes, there's more on the line. And people may become a little bit more prepared, but it's still the same teams you play against in all the other tier one tournaments. Like it's not like all of a sudden there's a team you never played before that's just going to show up and and destroy headshots, you know. So um, sure, I mean we want to go as far as we can, but it's not like if we don't win the major, we're going to be like thinking this is not good enough or whatever it is. So we're just going to go and do our best. And sure, we've hit a, a momentum peak now, hopefully going forward. And I don't think we're satisfied in the terms of like how we play. I still think we can do a lot better and we still have a lot of things to prove and, and fix before the major. So there's still a lot of work ahead of us. And sure, the hard work that we put in the last two months coming into the EPL and the RMR um, definitely paid off. So I hope that we will just continue this upcoming trajectory and, and just keep developing uh, instead of stagnating just before the major. So I think that is like the main goal for us. Just, yeah. just a quick one here. Do you uh, do you know, right, like, or in the back of your head, because I know this is a difficult thing. If I ask the question, mm -hmm. oh, who do you think is going to win the major? Are we going, oh, we're going to win the major, whatever, right? But who do you think right now, like, in your mind, is the scariest team to play against? Good question, actually. Um, I still don't think there's, like, a team right now that I feel is, like, a lot better than everyone else. And everyone seems beatable, right? I think everyone can beat each other. I mean, that is, that's the thing. I think that the team that could probably be the, the hardest to beat uh, in like a playoff game could be face. I mean, if if they all start hitting the shots and and they're just playing the counter that that uh, that they know they can play. I mean, they are hard to beat because you need to be really on point individually. But at the same time, I don't think they're satisfied with how they have been playing the last couple of months either. So, I think it's a it's a very big mix. I mean, I, th I think this major is like really up for grab for everyone. I mean, the same thing with Navi. You know, they they have a lot going on with the, with the team and also with all the, the the things happening in their country and everything. So for them, it's also really uh, it's a really tough battle. Um, so I think um, I think it's up for grab for everyone. I mean, like maybe Liquid could even go there. You know, like they're 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 this team that has also been putting in a lot of hours and putting in a lot of work, and they also won the from what I know, they won the the American Armano. Um, so I th I think it's it's really open, but I don't think there's like one team that I think is difficult to play. The most open it's felt like in a while. Anyway, yeah. sorry to cut you off. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, there's not like yeah. there's not like a clear favorite right now. 
Yeah, I think that's kind of what me and Striker were talking about yesterday as well. Like there's there's it's really hard even to to do a power ranking of the teams or anything like that. It's kind of all over the place. Even the first five teams might be like from me to you might be completely different. Yeah. Uh, my my kind of question was uh, you drew Imperial for the first game in Rio. And that's a team everyone is looking towards. Like after the America's RMR, there's like this super big storyline about them playing in front of a crowd as well. What was your kind of first reaction when you when you saw that? What do you expect from that game? Uh, it's actually hard to 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 know what to feel because you know it, it's it's some of the most experienced dogs out there. Um, I mean, fur and fallen, you know, and just the fact that they have been, you know. They, that 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 they made to qualify themselves. So, you know, as I also did a tweet, like it wouldn't have been a real major without those guys. So having so many Brazilian teams there is is one thing that's like really great for the audience, is really great for the atmosphere and everything. And then and going up against the, that team, which is probably the most crowd lovable, like the most favorable team, you know, whatever you say, like in the in the crowd, you know, everyone loves them. You know, they want to see them do good, even though that they're maybe not the team that they are that everyone is expecting to, to do the best out of the Brazilians. But they have so much history and they have so much love. Um, that 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 everyone is going to support them. You know, it's going to be really tough going up against them in the first game because I don't know. I've I've been I played in Brazil one time against these guys and it was insane. It was literally insane. Like there was so much noise and there was so many so much hype. And I really think that if if they get going uh, in the beginning, I, it's going to be a, one of the toughest games that I probably ever played. Um, so I think it's going to be it's going to be really exciting. And I really hope that we can get off to a good start. But um, yeah, I think the roof is going to like it's it's going to explode simply. It'll be a lot of fun, that's for sure. It's gonna be really fun, and, yeah. and I, I even gonna take it as like, sure, I want to win, and I'm gonna be upset if I lose. But at the same time, it's also gonna be like a lifetime experience, you know. So I, I think it's gonna be really crazy, and I'm really looking forward to it. I was I was gonna ask because you know, again, blah blah, being being the only player to to be at all mm -hmm. the majors, and you know, only at a couple of them have we had audience for for anything other than mm -hmm. the arena. Uh, and obviously, this is gonna be first stage, first stage, first match. You're gonna play against the 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 crowd favorites, you know, by yes. far the biggest team yeah. that the crowd crowd yeah. is gonna support, you know. So, I mean, this, this it's gonna have to feel very different, you know, compared to like their majors past, where you still kind of like you take a time to warm up into the major, you know. Mm. It's still like a group stage, like a little bit, kind of like a behind the scenes feeling, not really so much pressure on you playing in the first game, but like going into this, it has to feel different. Yeah, it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be really great. I think it's really. I said I think it's really good for the game and it's really good for the crowd and everything. I it's. I think it's gonna change how we look at majors in the future. I think it's. I think it's a really good approach actually. And also, it's it's nice for the crowd because you know if if so many people want to come and watch the game, but that's only like a, a certain capacity. I think it's even better. You get the chance to actually see the see the the, um, the challenger stage and and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I think. Uh, I mean. In some sense, it's also gonna set set the set the setting for for the whole tournament really fast. In yeah. some sense, like you yeah. you go in and you already have the pressure of the crowd, and you always you get in that mode of, of like you know like the, the focus mode that you're playing in front of a crowd that you have to perform your best. I think it's gonna be really good. I I, I still don't see, see anything bad about it at all. So I think it's a really good approach for me. So yeah, I agree. I think it's great that the, that we all have from the start like we we know okay this is the major for sure. And you see that in in other games, you know. I just. The other day I watched, I think it's the, the League Worlds right now they're playing. I think they're also playing groups in front of the crowd. You know, it just creates a great atmosphere. And I think it's really good. Yeah. Uh, well, quick one. Uh, do you want to tell everybody why you like having <clears throat> ketchup on your eggs? <laughs> I don't know. I, it, I, I've always done that. And I think a lot of people do that. That's at least yeah. my that's at least my take on it, you know. And then 
I remember that I said to Sphinx why he just thought it was really weird. And then we just made a meme out of it that, that he doesn't put a ketchup on his eggs. And he thought it was weird and everything. And he was really, he was really, um, he really believed that it was weird putting it on and that everyone else believed that it was weird that having <laughs> ketchup on your eggs. So I just needed to prove to him that he was actually wrong on this one. You've so. opened the world up to him here. You've shown yeah. him, you know, just, just, how, just how glorious the world can be. Ketchup yeah. on your eggs. Who would yes. have believed it? But he still didn't. He's, he hasn't learned, so he's not doing it yet. So I, I guess I need to keep pushing him hard. Your best way might be to get him to do like a bacon and egg sandwich with a bit of ketchup in there. Wait, wait probably can't do the bacon, can he? Fuck. Mm. Uh, <laughs> he cannot. Well, just an egg sandwich. I guess like that works too. We can get him. Yeah, some some <laughs> vegan bacon. We can get some uh, replacement for that. I think it's That's funny true. that I think it's funny that like throughout all of our talk about like everything around the major and blah blah blah, it's gonna be people who are like in the, I'm just following the chat and like. Every five messages, like talk about device, talk about device, talk about device, and then suddenly we get into this stupid egg and ketchup discussion, and everybody's <laughs> talking about it, and like no, no messages about device. Now That's it's only going back starting. Do so you want to? Do you want to talk about device? Do you know anything that you can share with us? Because this is such. This is what the people think. The people think, right, that you can break all the news on device right <laughs> now and tell every like what 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 can you say about device? Guys, I know I know it all. I know everything. You know. I know what he. I know what he's for breakfast. I know what he does for living. You know. I know what he's doing Probably right now. Probably eggs you know. with ketchup, right? Um, most likely. Uh, no, I mean, like, I, 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 I'm not gonna break anything. I'm not saying anything. And what I know is just like, uh, it's confidential in that sense. But I hope that that I, I think he. Ho I hope and deserve that 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 he's gonna come back to the game. So I think, uh, yeah, it's gonna be see nice to see what the future brings. Okay. We don't uh, want to leave people on a cliffhanger here. Let's uh, let's just finish with the pre and then we can do the yeah. commercial. We okay. Uh, let's let's quickly. Do we have anything here that we want to ask the pre before uh, we let him go? Uh, there is a there is a question. Uh, does he realize he's the most adorable thing on earth, except for baby animals in cor and corgis in bread <laughs> costumes? <laughs> yes or no? We need an answer for this. Uh, no. 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 Now you know. There now you know. I know that. That's good. Thank you. I okay. appreciate that. I appreciate the love. All right. Well, if that's the last serious question you got for us there, Prof, is that it? Yeah, that's it. All right. Well, I got, we got to the bottom of the barrel with the questions, definitely. Uh, okay. So, Dupree, uh, thank you for joining us on the show tonight. Do you want to say anything to the to the lovely viewers at home? Maybe some fans, maybe you got some haters out there you want to call out to them. You meet them at the local service station <laughs> or some shit. Anything you'd like to say to the people at home? I mean, I just want to, first of all, I think we should, we should thank the guy that's been pushing me to get on the show, you know? Like, I don't oh, think yeah. we've given him some love yet, and I know that oh, he's the probably... Account. Yeah, exactly. He's probably he's probably watching it right now. So I just want to say thank you for for pushing me to getting it. So it was good. But also for the rest of you guys out there, it's been a it's been a, it's been a pleasure having you all listening to my babbles and everything. So uh, I hope you've enjoyed it, and I appreciate all the support that our fans and Vitality is giving, and all the support that I have uh, for me as a person. Um, and I hope that we're gonna get a really good match, and I hope that everyone is gonna keep cheering. Um, doesn't necessarily have to be with me, but just for the Counter Strike in general, because that's what we all love. And um, just want to say thank you to everyone so yeah it's good <laughs> cool all right yeah. well, thank you for coming on debris we're going to chuck it to an ad break and everybody else will be right back without debris who's going to be saying goodbye no, goodbye goodbye now i kind of put the two words together anyway ad break let's go the ExtraFi M42 RGB, what a fun mouse with five colorways, lightweight frame and just 59 grams with a swappable backplate to suit your grip style, the sensor, the easy cord, the smooth skates and driverless control for RGB and DPI is why you should check out the M42 RGB down below. Finally, I found what I was looking for. Now that my search is over, 
gonna be a tough choice. But fortunately, no need to choose when you can just have them all. Buy and sell skins on bitskins.com. N1Bet is here to make your world brighter. Bet anytime, anywhere. Just go to n1bet.com and get your free bet with promo code HLTV. When everything is clear and transparent, play is pleasure. N1Bet.com. Your bet, your game. We're back from the break. Thank you for bearing with us. And we hope you all enjoyed having Dupree on the show, who was uh, very generous to give us his time on this Saturday evening. Now we're going to do about 30 minutes more of chit-chat just to the general stuff. We'll try and uh, tidy up any storylines, talk about anything crazy that's happened in Counter-Strike in the last week since we did last episode, uh, and and talk about Dupree, I suppose. Uh, lots of insight there, gentlemen, which is good. Yeah. I, think that's, we, I think we all knew what we were going to get from Peter. And he, honestly, he honestly, didn't ex- I expect I had like good high expectations, but it kind of uh, over he over delivered. I feel like, especially early on when he was talking about like the the meta of the game and all these things, kind of reminded me of the Blame F episode. I don't think we had like this uh, much insight from a player in a long time. Like uh, I just I just sat there. I'm like. I'm enjoying this. I don't have to do anything. I don't feel like I have to ask anything. He's just talking. This is amazing. Yeah, it's good, right? Like I, th- I think a lot of those details as well. If we if we didn't have so many broad conversations that we'd have to get across, it'd be nice to dive into things even deeper. I know that yeah. gets you know like I, I once you get to hear like game theory from players, that's what it's all yeah. about. Like that's the fucking gold, right? That's what we're all around here for. For so. me, it felt like just like being at an event in a, like a bar after the day sure. and just like chatting and then just you know people talking about whatever. Then you go into one direction and that's how it felt. It felt really really nice. Everyone's favorite band, One Direction. All right, uh, look, we're going to jump into the M1 moment. Are you ready, Lucas? Surely better than Imagine Dragons, so... Uh, we all like dragons. Anyway, uh, let's get into the M1 moment, Lucas. Now, uh, this one's been picked by Prof. Do you want to talk us all through it? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, kind of a cool moment. I don't know if it's playing or not. I don't have the preview, but it was uh, just... Uh, there was a reaction. We're now reacting to a reaction video, which yes. is amazing. It's uh, just a clip from Simple talking about his... But you want us to be quiet? Yeah, shut up. Okay, I'll, I'll shut up. I see his aim when he's streaming or playing some show matches. He's, yeah. he's flicking like headshots and he's like, really good. Yeah, Legend of like he's pretty much every game. Oh, wait, don't lag. Was stopped. Stop it, man. What do you say? What do you mean? To add? Little tapily taps, man. You know me. We do some tapily taps. Nah, I, I like it, man. Big respect to him. He's so good at Counter Strike, dude. Okay, <laughs> so uh, I, 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 I think we all got it, right? We've all watched this, so we all know what happens there. But it's a, it's a wholesome situation, right? There, prophet. Is yeah. that what you're going for? Number Probably one in wholesome. The feels? Number one wholesome moment of the week for sure. Like, yeah. Uh, just uh just Forrest, his mannerisms which are wholesome in, in itself and uh simple kind of hyping him up and then being like ah oh, stop it it's just cute it's amazing he's also he was playing the the svenska kupen today played okay as as simple says he still has it in him uh so that's that's it's just nice it's just real there's nothing more real. to add 
That real is true. recognizes real. I think that's what they say. Uh, so I think like two absolute legends of the game right there. It's it's nice to see. I don't know if people watch Forest Stream. It's always a bit of fun. He's always in a good mood. I don't know how he's always in a good mood. I know I'm rarely in a good mood. So uh, that that's kind of <laughs> nice to see. Good bit of fun right there. Uh, okay, Prof, you wanted this tweet brought up. Ah, this tweet I just saw it. It was it was kind of funny uh, because obviously it's referring to the we we're talking about everyone vitality and kind of skipped uh, magic. Um, yeah, it happens sometimes in a way. We got lots of things to talk about. To man. be honest, also like Dupree talks about magic like seventy five times. They've been teammates for five years. It's like what a, what new does he have to say? I mean, there is always something to say, but if uh, there was someone to skip, uh, it was him this time. Maybe yeah. if we want to talk, if we want to hear about Magis, maybe Magis can come on the show next time and we can just talk about him. If so, yeah. that's we haven't it. had him yet, though. There we go. I think yeah. we have had him before, right? Have we, have we, we had Magis on before? the first episode of Agile TV confirmed, actually, really? but the, the one that was recorded that wasn't live. Okay. Uh, so so I it was a very different, it was a very different uh, concept back then. All right. Yeah. Well, it's all right. We'll, we'll get him next time. There's lots of other people in that team to talk about. Like, I'd like to learn more about Matt, you know, who's one of the analysts for the team, who maybe a lot of people don't know. He used to play back in the French scene. He was a, a 1.6 legend from, from the French days, right? There's, there's a lot of names that we could go through over there. Uh, they've got like their, their manager, but he's also, I guess, like their sports guy. He's like a bronze medalist or a silver medalist in the Olympic Games. He's got a massive beard. He always seems like a cool lad. See, lots of people we could talk about here. Right? No, you know, lots, so lots many of things. Teams. So many things. Uh, all right. So let's jump in and, and do some of this housekeeping. Now, uh, I think as we were talking about on last show, Astralis was like, oh, they're doomed. This, you know, it's probably good they didn't qualify. They can blow the whole thing up. Uh, well, they're now in the process of blowing the whole thing up. It's kind of a shame that Trace loses his job after inheriting an already sinking ship. Yeah. Like, yo, it dude, feels like uh, such a scapegoat situation, man. Yeah, this isn't your boat, uh, but you'll be going down with it. Uh, <laughs> but it enjoy. Holes, please sail yeah. across the Atlantic. We have to find the captain. Every and they please... brought him in. They were like, listen, we got these fucking rowdy lads in the team right now. We need a fucking bodyguard to make sure these motherfuckers aren't getting out of control. And then they fire the guy. It's he like, leaves. He, he takes one, escapes his sight for five minutes, and everything goes to shit. They had to literally get the next biggest guy in Danish Counter-Strike to deal with fucking config and blame F. So they bring in Trace, who's like the mountain sun or something. The fucked up part like, is like no. the fucked up part is like if actually blame F and Trace were there, no no, no one way would in get world. in a fight with this. No one in the world will get in a fight with this team. They're fucking huge. Like I remember yeah. doing an interview in Cologne with uh, with Trace. I'm like, I'm gonna ask him some tough questions. And then I walk up to him and like, he's a he's like a head <laughs> taller. Yeah. I'm like, maybe I should rethink these questions. Just like such a huge guy. So, but it's... like his his story gets forgotten about in all of this, right? It's like he was over there with Ecstatic when uh, God from Sky and everything like that, and then yeah. they bring him over to to this team. I, Actually, oh, he wasn't, he wasn't there that long. Yeah, to the academy team shortly, and then he gets promoted, right, over Ave, and then yeah. now they're in this mess. It's like, okay, so who do they bring next? Is MJE going to get? On the I was going to, I was going to say Wimp, MJE. There, there was like uh, Mine who, Wimp was who there used to for play while, with though, right? MDW. Who, huh? Wimp was there for a while. Didn't they bring him in? Or was that was the North? That was he North. Was North, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. also huge. Dunde comes in. You just yeah, bring them all go. back. Like we just, just restart the whole Danish count. But this Dunde? is the thing, like. Um, the team's fucked. So what do they do now? Like they didn't blow it up enough. It's like okay, Trace is gone. That's fine. Can we you... can we bring up the the sprout thing because that's such a giga chat thing to do? Sure. Uh, the, just, the response. The tweet. Okay, bring this up, Lucas, for everybody playing at home. Just because so I think that's funny, and I think that that is very telling of how fucked Astralis are at the moment. I think 
because you know if you have sprout obviously sprout has been an organization that kind of like was considered a farm team but i think in in, in recent times it hasn't really been that way so much uh because we saw how ants weren't able to get longs launx out of his contract with sprout you know when they were pushing apparently very hard you know from what snappy was telling us um, and so obviously, you know, it's not as easy as, as getting like a big star out of Sprout at the moment. And especially, you know, if it's somebody as with as much potential as there who is going to be difficult to replace for Sprout, you know, unless you give them a lot of money for it. So and, you know, with uh, with Astralis apparently already paying a quite a big buyout for device, do they even have the money to 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 pay Sprout for uh, an up and coming star, uh, star like Stare, you know, and to, so what, to actually what do you do? replace. That's what I'm saying. Like, who the fuck do you, is Barry you, touchable you in that team? Like, can you get Barry out of Sprout? You reckon? I doubt it. I mean, he's he's kind of the guy who's been pulling the strings, apparently, that's like who's I mean, been putting like... together the team. So that's also unlikely in terms of coaching. But it's just like in terms of players, you know, coach, you can figure out the coach at some point. Then, like, you know, Kenya? it's the team that you. It's to, to the team that you have you have have to be concerned with the most at the moment. But of course, like it would be helpful is. if you had a guy who could actually scout somebody who you know we maybe aren't necessarily aware of, or or you know somebody who's who's kind of like on the sidelines that we're not necessarily sure about. Uh, but at this point, you kind of need to break out the bank to be able to. They're get They're not going to do that, right? That's the problem. Like but, with everything we know from Astralis, they are very careful with money, like extremely so. Because, you know, they're publicly traded and it's not that easy. You know, they, they just don't have a lot of money to just throw around on players. They've but always historically approach, waited. Right? Of course. I mean, they, they, they've always historically waited for for players' contracts to run out. Oh, you know, hold on, that... hold on. I don't mean I respect Astralis' approach. What I mean is I, I expect their approach, which is probably where Glaive's at right now, which is like, yo, you kept me on life support this whole time. You just kept, like, giving me jolt, just keeping me alive. Just keep... And now that I'm dead... Now um now we're completely fucked here. The whole thing is burned down to the ground. It's like we're 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 the meme, you know. We're the, right, right. But everything's not fine anymore. Like no, we can nothing. clearly see the fire department's on the phone. Like the fire department are on the way, but it's already too late. You've lost all the fucking valuables. The house is gone. You didn't have insurance because you're an idiot. That's like me. That's uh, kind of that. That is actually an extremely good uh, metaphor for this because you know Astralis' insurance would have been you know having like a really young guy you know who's really up in, on the up and having him in the team from the start you know from when they knew that Magisk and Dupree were leaving and Zonic you know at that time they probably should have considered you know cutting Sipex as well and getting a really young guy in you know not just like, blame so, like like Copenhagen Flames some of the Copenhagen Flames player Bobski yeah that's well, also of course option, yeah, yeah I mean you have Bobsky, you had Bobski but like they they passed up on all these Copenhagen Flames players clearly because like they were trying to sell the whole team or individuals for fucking for a year or some shit and you know Astralis didn't jump on anybody so like that obviously was a mistake you know that keeping keeping like some of the older like so much of, of the older talent I mean until config left their average age was like 25.8 or some shit like that's a really old team and so obviously you know if you lose one of those key players like a config like you're just fucked at this point because you don't have that insurance of like a younger guy who's just going to get better in half a year, you know, that you can bring up and actually get to that level. You know, there's no future of this team at the moment. Like you but have to get somebody young to, he, to help you. But here's, here's the thing, right? You bring up all this and you're talking about having to do this. Let's just put ourselves in the in the shoes for a situation because this situation isn't the first time this has happened to a, to a team before, right? NIP, 
right? That you take what take what Dupree just said about being the Orpa in Astralis, right? He mentioned in yeah. the, in that team, yeah. you come with filling the position of device and living up to that. Well, we had that with he was playing with Lucky. He was playing with Lucky at, as well. Like Dupree played with Lucky, so yeah. I feel like that's also kind of a reference to to his time in Astralis. But you look at some of these teams, right? So like NIP back in the early days, where they were always struggling to fill that fifth position, either because the aura around that spot was we never got a lot from this role, or we need to fill this role, right? We had Makaleli, we had uh, obviously Fifi, we had Aloe in there, right? That we had Pith in there, like the amount of different names that would come through that, right? Uh, then you also think about the Virtus Pro guys who were very long, very good in Poland for a very long time, and then they dropped off, and then they tried to bring people. Think about the different names that they tried to bring into VP. I think fucking Toa was there, like the one and only yep. was there for a moment, like in-game leading, right? They had like fucking Veggie there and shit. Yeah. Like, so Morales, I think, was playing for a yeah, bit. Yeah, I think crazy, so. I, I think names. so. But we've had so many scenes go that way, like the way of the dogs, right? And Astralis, unfortunately for them, all the other teams around them either have strong enough teams that are together that just qualify for the major or like have enough prospects. And you're talking about these young guys and this, that, and the other. Well, the only other person you could look who's been good at scouting who is not a team at the moment is Hunden, who apparently, you know, could have still been doing some work with Astralis. So like, what happens there? Does he now scout the next generation for them? Is that is he allowed to do that? Like, I guess he is allowed to I do mean, that. I mean, he is allowed to do that. Yeah, I mean, nobody so, can stop him. But but then if I'm Astralis, then I'm, I'm walking that fine line. Astralis didn't even fucking mention anything that happened with the config situation. They just want to keep their... They're just like, yeah, yeah, this guy's a big enough fuck up. We just want to keep our way out of this I completely. Mean, I mean, they definitely not going to lie. Not, they definitely didn't want that to be out there. And then config just went away, <laughs> went ahead and did it anyway. But, but like, the okay, you, know, you understand tainted. why. Yeah. Think about how far how far the Astralis name has tainted since 2019. Yeah, that's it's, incredible. Like it's okay, dating back, time. dating back to all those decisions about like Bubsky and like the whole six man. We're gonna build a ten man rust, blah blah blah. You know all this stuff that obviously never even came to fruition or even coming close to fruition. Um, the only time that they actually tried it was like way after that they say said said all these things with Bubsky. Obviously, it didn't work out. They even had him playing roles that he wasn't even fit for. And like instead of players he wasn't supposed to be in for, so that they've just fucked their own future by this. Like literally, you you lose a key player like this, and you have nobody else to turn to. Like you have to buy out, um, but now you can't because look at heroic. They just like resigned Stone, Stone, and and Kadian, and it's pretty unlikely that any of the other players would leave at this point because it's just a better team. It's they're probably pretty well off at this point in terms of like an organization yeah. standpoint. They have have slots as well, so they have, have to blast. Yeah, they have the blast in ESL. In both blast and ESL now, so it's not like you have so much over them. It would literally just have to be on the Astralis name, and that being the biggest team in Denmark and uh, like all the fandom that comes with that. Because obviously that's the, that's the only thing that they have over heroic at the moment. It's just the fandom that comes with being an Astralis player in Denmark specifically, because that there's obviously a lot of that. That there's there's a lot of support, not a lot of for heroic. But still, like it would still be difficult to get anybody out of heroic because it's just a better team at this point. You've just lost Roy and Nikodoy to Fnatic. You know that 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 could have been like a duo that, of course, could have been Roy, a is not, Roy is not necessarily a young player, but you know he's, he's still a guy that, that that could have been a potentially at least like a short term fix for them for and the, like, is the like best conflict. best opera in Denmark. Like probably probably was in the first place probably their best choice, but somehow they never really got him when they had Lucky, when they had Farley, like Nikos was always an option, you know, maybe at the time it wasn't necessarily clear if he was going to be better than either or than like a Farley, but obviously like he should have been in that discussion, but somehow they never even considered him or they never actually got him for, for whatever reason. Uh, I mean, they he, can't, he, get, they can't he was, get Siphon he was and... I mean, oh, go I'm gonna fuck you. Up. I mean, I, he costed something versus Farley that didn't cost anything. I feel like that's the only difference. That's probably, yeah. That's the that's the thing. You know, they were too cheap at too key of a moment that you know 
it was too difficult because they also got blame if and convict for free you know when they got out of complexity like that was at the end of their contracts as well so like you have Zyphed and you have uh, you have Stair, who would have been two other like key players that you could have gotten. You didn't get either of them at the time where at a time where probably you should have moved in. And like so, like who the fuck do you turn to at this point? Like it's 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 impossible for them to find a, an actually a good replacement for Config, let alone if you want to replace Zipex as well. Maybe think... they can sell a ESL spot and then buy some players. Yeah, maybe, probably. Yeah. I'm just looking right now at like who Device has been playing with, right? On all these, on all these parks. It's it's too many different names, right? So I was just gonna say, like, wouldn't the best thing be let everybody else go, right? Or don't completely let them go, but just be like, yo, we're not building the team around you. Device comes back, then Device can pick who he wants and start fresh. You know Stop what? To, like, you, know what be, on. you know what would be funny as fuck. If all this time, you know, Australis with all these issues around an opera, you know, not there not being any operas in Denmark, they would just be forced to go into international because of not an oh, opera. No. <laughs> I think that would be the funniest, funniest be way to turn out ever. Because like obviously, you know, you've they've been trying to keep not trying, they've obviously kept you know to, to Danish rosters this entire time. And it would have been an, an easy fix to go for like a an opera outside of outside of Denmark. Uh, but they obviously never did that, and uh, and now they're trying to get back device. But now they're they it almost seems like they're kind of forced to go outside of Denmark for some of the talent that is available. Honestly, it's the most logical going international right with how yeah. fucked they are in terms of Danish talent. Like it's yeah. it's actually at it's least actually an option at but they can't get crazy. Why wouldn't they, they can get football? like two three players? But they're, they're, this is the thing, like blinded by the success and then the patriotism of all of it, right? Like think about how long it took for NIP to make this move that they've made. Now, mm. they brought someone in. They're like, you're muted. Oh, I can hear myself. I thought you could. Anyway, I was just whispering, saying they, uh, they, they'll make them speak their language, right? That's what they did. They brought in Esetag and then they made him speak their language. They're like, yo, you can, you can speak yeah, right. with us, right? And then, then eventually anyway. they made the change. Right, they they changed the 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 big they they've gone international now, but it didn't just happen overnight. Yeah. Like, and I also think that Australis like scrambling. They still have to play this showdown, and then there's going to be you know some stuff towards. They, this yeah. is the rebuilding time. So I think I also know. for them, this is a moment uh, kind of funny because Australis is an org that's kind of on a bad bad rep also for handling players and all of these things. But from what we know, the salaries for the players that are here are pretty high as well. Yep. I feel like this is a moment when they're like. Yeah, you guys are kind of shit now, so we have to renegotiate these things. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense. We can't build the roster while play paying Zipniks, for example, 40k. Like yeah. that doesn't make any sense. So either they cut them completely somehow. Uh, but then, then again, why would why would he why would he sign a contract um, like a, an end of a contract because he's signed until twenty twenty five or something? You have to get some like severance, or they just right. You need there. to get a big severance package. Anyway, Does he become or, the coach or get sold somewhere? Because I don't know. They're just they they made a bunch of bad decisions that just puts them in a bad spot financially as well. Zip the coach. Uh, talking about the coach, I don't know if uh, you guys heard this. I haven't seen it on HL TV. Uh, but just the sprinkles on the cake for showdown next week. They uh, they don't have a coach on the server. Didn't they say they were using oh, on the server? I don't think that matters. Because they didn't get a dis dispensation to play with uh, Kessler. So, okay. They didn't so get nobody... it confirmed from, from Blast, essentially. Yeah, they got denied. So yeah. I mean that doesn't really necessarily matter no, to be honest. Who cares? Who cares who's on the server? They're at not going to win. Like anyway. it's not. It's not. 
yeah, it's I mean, not an important. I mean, it's an important tournament, but it's we know, we're not expecting them to win. No, I mean, no you can't be on the server. You can't be on Teamspeak. You can only talk with them in between games. Yeah, yeah, but who cares? Like, this is a guy that literally just came in last week. Like, and who the cares? Team's fucked anyway. It's like, what are we expecting? Do we think a coach is going to make this much of a difference? It's not. No, it's definitely not. Doesn't not, help. not this quickly. Not it doesn't this help point. for sure. Makes yeah. it just a bit worse. Yeah, but they're they're in a complete rebuild, build, right? So this is going to be a long time before this gets turned around. Um, but we'll, I guess we'll touch on Australia stuff when we can. Uh, but basically, strike. You've done a good job of pointing out just how of a hopeless how situation they are, they're in. Man, it's yeah. crazy, actually. Like I, I actually think there's no way out at this point unless they somehow come up with like half a million dollars for stare or and then just come up with like at least one more guy to to bring in. Like I don't know what the fuck they're gonna do, honestly. Yeah, it's going to be a rough one. All right, let's uh, jump into another team that's had a really rough time and try and identify where the downfall came in for Entropic. Where did it all go wrong? Was it was it Lackey gone and Mir coming in? I think it was before then. I think it they was, dropped yeah, it, really that it was a big yeah. lead up. Go ahead. So they've been transfer listed now, uh, The ro this roster, who had Anarchist standing in, I'm pretty sure. Um, so it's Mir, Nickelback, Crowd, and Forrester, which is crazy. Uh, I think it's also good signs if you're Navi. I'd be looking to get me a little bit of Forrester in my life. I'd make, I'd, I'd keep him out there on the on the list of names Russian. up there with like a Buster. Russian. I know, but aren't these aren't these lads somewhere else? Like, are they in Russia? I think they were in Russia for a long time. Yeah, I don't know if they ended up moving to Czech Republic or somewhere else, but okay. I don't. I think they they spent a long time in Russia. Well, either way, the roster, like the the downfall for the team, it was just fucking from nowhere. They just fucking plunged off. Ellie and just stopped being good. Like that's kind of what happened. Elian yeah. just there was a there was a moment where Forrester and Elian was like, oh okay, this is pretty sick, and then Mir comes in and you're thinking, okay, well he's going to bring more firepower. He it brought nothing. The team hasn't done anything, um, and now they're not a, not even going to be a, a, I don't think a team anymore. I imagine. I've even watched a single game of there. Like they didn't get there. But they looked good. They were threatening. They were like a top fifteen team for a while. It's like oh yeah, this guys. Is, and now it's like. I don't give a fuck. I think also in the statement, uh, the CEO or someone did kind of mention a couple of things that went wrong because they they qualified for Dallas but then couldn't go because of visas. So then they didn't get points, so they didn't didn't get a spot at Cologne because of it. And then you know the kind of these things rolled one into another. Yeah, I mean uh, also that it was kind of good that they. <clears throat> I was kind of surprised how upfront they were about also the whole. Um, financial the whole part. financial situation yeah about also about you know them being russian and obviously you know that's that being an issue at this point so um yeah i mean just uh it's weird because <clears throat> it almost felt like they missed the boat on some key changes that they probably should have undergone a little bit earlier than they did because they only came in with the mirror replacement like once they were obviously already on a decline you know and maybe they should have just moved moved in with a couple of changes before that when they had some of the cis talent available yeah, they but didn't. it felt like Mir should have been enough, right? Like, because when you when I was watching that team anyway, when they were playing well, they had good ideas. I didn't mind Nickelback as the in-game leader. I thought he did. I thought he was fine. You know, I, I thought that it was like really Elian and Forrester, which were the two in the team that you're gonna get the most from. And then if you wanted mm. a third star, Mir made sense because I didn't think Crad was necessarily the third star. So you know, Mir, it. I don't know. It just the and this is the thing. It's like a, a, a hooch-led team, and it's kind of just all fallen apart and gone like really bad. And I'm sure there's a lot of like out of the server stuff that could be affecting the, these players. There's a lot of factors, right? But uh, these these guys are, I don't know. Is it none of these names exciting for anywhere? I Hooch, think. I mean, Hooch is a, Hooch is Hooch definitely a big big uh, big name. Yeah, we can speak Hooch English. with Mir, and okay. uh, now we're now we're talking. And for okay, 
Okay. They need an right. anchor, right? Good anchor. I feel like Forrester can do that. We've entered Mere. the realms of absurdity now. All right. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's let's, uh, let's move on. Uh, so right now, we'll just quickly get people up to date on these. We won't spend too long on them, and then we'll see if there's any other little uh, topics that are uh, around our minds that we want to chat about here before we close it down. Uh, Fire League is going on right now. If you missed that, it's just a single elimination bracket. The teams are uh, Pain, Masonic, Imperial, Isaris, Spirit, Windigo, MIB, and 9Z. Uh, right now, there's some quarterfinals on. Tomorrow, there'll be two semifinals and a grand final. In uh, right now as well, or there was uh, earlier in the day, it was ESO Challenger in Rotterdam. And that has now concluded the group stage where the teams, I think, you'd expect slash not expect for Group B. It's definitely the ones you expect. Anton Outsiders, the other two are Fluxo on Team 1. Uh, Maus came out on top of Group A. And then the second spot was between uh, Eternal Fire and Movistar. And uh, Movi actually went down to Eternal Fire in that that second match. So maybe there is hope for Eternal Fire. I, I didn't see the best of three. Yeah. Um, so I'm not too certain there. But tomorrow's matches are Ants, Eternal Fire, and Maus versus Outsiders. Bit disappointing we don't get the Sampias versus uh Movistar story. That's a little bit sad. Or maybe that'll come in the future. But everyone knows where to check that out. That'll be going down tomorrow as well. Um anything else? Any other massive news? Anything that we feel we need to talk about here? We're we're almost at a two hour mark. This is almost like it was a special episode just for the Dupree interview. Yeah, uh, pretty much. I guess the big news uh, point was Yakindar also announcing that he's a free agent now. Bought himself uh, out. This is um all of these like Russian org uh, kind of we're announcing things but we're not announcing things and everything's weird just like the cloud nine gambit thing so he's now magically out of contract no one knows how and he's going to magically appear in some other team that can't do anything with Russian Russian companies and everyone's going to be out oh, this is fine and continue on with our lives yeah can we um can we well other than the Russian weirdness can we um also start accepting like what players clearly indicate towards guys because i still keep seeing this a lot i think i saw one the other day with pimp like talking about tabson and i don't know the context of it but the headline was about you know tabson wasting his time in big yep. like it's a clear sign of intent from big and tabson publicly that this is the team that tabson wants to be a part of and this is what he wants to build yeah so, i mean that's obvious you know but like you have to understand pimp's point at the same time you know yeah no but like one of them is like in the realms of this isn't happening because this guy's clearly right. shown like where we may as well talk about unicorns, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Same kind of thing. It's the same right. kind of like, thing it's with never happen, you know? But the Yakinda not... thing, how many times has Yakinda said, I want to go to Liquid? Yeah. I mean, how many it's times obvious has the team said, I want to play? It's obvious that he's going there. You know, there's no, yeah. there's no question that there's, he's going to be anywhere else. Yeah. But then we, I think we just, like, the people when I You're see, just like, offended like, because people are talking about cutting JKS from, from G2. <laughs> no, but like, I'm more at the Navi Yakinda one. It's like, guys, uh, yeah. like, what, you know, like, yeah, that's not. What a, that doesn't seem like it's. There's probably a lot of names case. you could put in there, but Yakinda's probably not one of them anyway. Can we just? He wants to go to Liquid. Uh, yeah, Liquid you should team. also you should also consider that you know even if Yakindar was probably the guy who who um, bought himself out of the situation with uh, with Virtus Pro, I'm sure Liquid is there to help out. You oh, know, yeah, maybe yeah, in terms yeah, of yeah. you know it's making sure money. that he's compensated enough to be able to you know uh, cover off some of those losses. So like. You know that there's you. You guys have to read between the lines and yeah, this things, is, you know, this is a, already a done deal. Like he wouldn't, you just don't buy yourself out of a contract and then like, well, well, let's see what happens. And like, yeah, there there's certainly some things that have been probably uh, kind of in writing or something that to give him security to do oh, this. Yeah. I think yeah, being part much. of like an American team as well for Yukinder is massive. I think like this is uh, it's now, a huge for his brand as well. Like it's even huge outside for Liquid, of, yeah. Liquid just bought some of their future right here. Like they have a piece that is, let me just double check your kinder's young age, 23. 
So it's a it's a good move for for them as well. Like this is still quite early on in Yakinda's career. Um, so I, they, an OC is another early piece as well. So they, you know, there's there's some fun stuff here. Um, I wanted to. No, I don't know if we wanted to talk about this, but there's the whole Furia thing where they enlisted their poker player co-owner as their coach for the major. Why not? Tell me why not. I'm curious. Look, they the, the whole reasoning was that that he would be a better fit in terms of you know helping them with pressure situations and like th- things like that. And I mean, I can see that angle. I guess I can't. Yeah, I can't really fault them for trying that. But at the same time. I mean, it feels a little bit like a publicity stunt. You know, they're gonna be they're gonna have like a um, a Brazilian crowd and all that, and having like a a, a more prominent figure behind them uh, could be good for them in ta- in terms of that aspect. Just because you know, Furia, even if they are Brazilian, they're not the biggest Brazilian team, and so having a little bit more support is always helpful. I don't want to be pessimistic about this. Maybe they're that's it's a good like angle to take. Entirely, though. entirely uh, truthful with the reason why they put him behind, but it feels a little bit weird, you know, to just cast out your. Uh, uh, your your assistant, assistant coach, coach you yeah. know it, it almost feels to me like Pasitos could be even on the way out and that's how that's why they're like they're, they're not so keen on having him behind the team anymore you know because maybe by the end of the year he's not going to be with the team and so like why would he stand behind them at the major at this point you know so that that's that feels like a few too many things falling into place um for it to be as as simple as what they're putting it well i don't know i, I have no idea so i excuse me it's very, I'm very phlegmy at the moment, guys. I'm very blocked up. I don't, I'm not having a great time. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know enough about it, but I don't know. I, I like the fact yeah, that I'm you're just, being I'm just reading. Yeah, I'm reading, I'm kind of like maybe reading too much into it, maybe not, but it feels like there's more to this story than I'm, than I'm usually too saying. much of an optimist here, you know, and then not the prime version. Yeah, I mean, usually, usually <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like, I, I like to, uh, I like to be more optimistic as well or positive but well, I be feel optim- like there's more be optimistic about Thomas Spitty and Lord joining Koana until 2023 be optimistic about that yeah Sell I that mean to the people. look it seems like it's just a place for them to play at the, for the time being and seeing whether they, there's anything there it doesn't seem like very super like super it's, it's uh, Spitty and Dennis back together why aren't you excited yeah, about sure. that sure because they go. haven't done a lot together for for the past few years. Oh, come on, man. Let's let's be positive here. You know they're gonna they're gonna rekindle the friendship. They're gonna be back in the server in no time. You know All how right. I feel about big big reunions and things like that. You know. Yeah, you work it on the new article. I know. Uh, I know. I apologize. I'm quickly flicking through Reddit. Is there anything going on on Reddit? What have we got going on here? I'm just trying to see, like, because there hasn't been a lot of news since not we really. did last I one. I mean, that's, there's not that much, not, not that much going on, to be honest. So we we are at the major in 16 days' time. I think the thing is, we have so much to preview, and there's so much to go around. Like, we either need to do like a mega special episode, right? That goes for a little bit like a like a classic three-hour kind of real deep dive. We were talking about this, and we're kind of now just talking about this live in front of everybody, but whatever. Having somebody like yeah. Mahone on the show, right? And I, I gave like a very specific example in our chat, but I'm curious as to how much people would want to talk that level of like game theory about teams because with the sentiment we have, and this is us using like Counter-Strike maths and what we've seen so far, I think we all agree here and Dupree was on the show just before, everybody agrees that like there's no mega clear favorite. Like there's obviously favorites, right? And we have teams who we think can go far and run deep, but I think it, it feels quite wide. And I guess that the other thing in this is like it in an event like this where there's no clear mega favorites, mm. it's about capturing like lightning in the bottle. So it's about what type of Counter-Strike at the moment is being played that could be interesting or could be snowball or is it really default heavy or, you know, who has the best. So maybe some chat like that could be interesting, but I don't, I don't know. It'd be interesting how we, we try and frame it. I'm just rambling now. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a, 
Classic um, Chad. It's, it's obviously yeah. a very in-depth conversation. I'm not sure the pre-major, uh, the the like pre-major episode would be necessarily for that, but uh, I mean, it's it's an idea. Yeah, we can probably fit in. Uh, we've got 16 days, right? I need to travel yeah. on the 26th, so we've probably got one or two more shows in there. If we do something yeah. like mid next week, and there's like just before, uh, there's so actually we can get a bit more stuff in. A good question: Will there be HLTV live confirmed in Rio? There will be, unfortunately, not with an audience because we didn't really find uh, an appropriate venue and all of these things that are kind of hard sometimes if you don't really find a, a perfect spot. But we will be doing a show actually every day of the playoffs or one day before the playoffs. So there's going to be something going on nonstop. We'll try to do it a bit differently. Of course, we're not going to be doing like two and a half hour shows every day, but like sort of like daily previews before the game start um, on these like playoff days. Yeah. Okay. That's exciting. Something for people to look out. People to look out for. People, people to look out for. People. People. It's late. It's been a long one. Uh, yeah. Okay. It's Saturday night and and we're done, I suppose. So, uh, boys, we all good? Everyone happy? Yeah. I mean, one thing I want to say is the, maybe this is not necessarily the crowd that it's going to be it's going to be directed at, but we will be doing something quite special in terms of cover, covering the teams that are at the major, which okay. is um, all 24 teams is, are going to have, or each of the 24 teams is going to have their own separate article about Basically, like a very wide look at what the team is about, what their essence is, what their cool factor is. Basically, for t- for people who kind of maybe aren't sure about like all the storylines heading into the major and all of the teams, you know, we a lot of the time we get new fans uh, following the major because you know it's the biggest thing that we have, and they always come back because okay, like I don't really have time to watch CS:GO from like all the time, but this is what I want to watch, and but I don't have a favorite team, and so this is kind of like what I wanted to uh, to do with these major profiles, you know, to just present everything from kind of like a very wide angle about a team and, you know, some of the more recent storylines and things like that, expectations at the major so that people can get drawn in and maybe find a team that they're going to be a fan about or, or a player that yeah. they're going to be a fan about. So every single team that is going to be at the major all 24 are going to have their own team profile article and we're going to start with that in a few days. Okay. I was going to ask, when is that coming out? That's exciting. Yeah, I, I think the thing is, right, like we, we try and discover as much about these storylines as we can, but it's really when the event's on that people are paying attention. And that's right. uh, when I guess we got we got to turn this spotlight up. So 16 days till it all goes off, some fun teams to learn about here. I, I'm sure people will like, especially when you talk about team like Game of Legion and where all these players came from in their different play. There's going to be some fun stuff in here that people can get behind. It won't just be the Bad News Eagles underdog story for sure. Right. All right. Uh, that has been another episode of HLTV Confirmed. Uh, thank you. I can't wait to read G2's profile. Yeah, that'll be a fun Rest one. Peace. Thanks again to uh, our sponsors, Extrify, uh, Bitskins, and of course, N1Bet. Gamble responsibly. We're out for another episode. We'll schedule something in the books uh, for a couple of days or, or maybe about a week's time. And we'll try and bring some guests in to preview everything from the major, uh, as well as keeping you guys up to date with all the counter news. All right. Good night. Peace out. See you next time.
do you feel it? N1Bet comes to brighten up your world. Play anytime, anywhere. Just go to n1bet.com and get your bonus with promo code HLTV. High odds and fast payouts. Playing is a pleasure when everything is clear. N1bet.com. Your bet, your game.